Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Couldn't they have picked a better clip than that one of me singing, City Limits? There's a bunch of clips of you singing. That one hurts. I mean, I'm not really singing in that one. I may have been singing to Ron. That's a private moment that I think Horse <laughs> clipped off against my will. Should I sue him? Horse. Horse or Folsey. One of those guys did that against my will. No, they're off to other things. I'll tell you that right now. It's wonderful to have you today. Good to be with you. Never really know who's coming in. Could be you. Could be Fort Myers. Could be Nelly. <laughs> Nelly was in on Monday. And uh, text in the city went off the rails. Oh, did you happen I heard to it. catch that? Oh, I did. Yeah, right before I was on with Donnie. And uh, he did not get the notion of anonymous texts not being a part of text in the city or questions. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's a lot of rules for text in the city. It was very. Well, really, there's not. That's the whole thing. There's one rule. You read the guy or the person who sends in the text and then you read their text. That That's the whole point. There, there are very few rules. There's one rule. You long, read the text. As long as they put a name on their text. Yes, and we'll we'll emphasize that today. Did I say it was JP Roofing and Siding that brings us off the top? Off the top. And that we have Mark Cabali at noon. And did you tell me that Gourmet the Owl is in? He is, 1 o'clock. I haven't spoken to him in, uh, it feels like, decades. He's a great man. Another man who's been freed here now that, uh, well, frankly, now that Ron is gone. I think I got vibes about Ron about either, you know, people from maybe the competing newspaper, whatever, I would get vibes from Ron. Nothing necessarily that he said, but the vibes were very clear. The, it was Ron's gruff vibe. Do you remember that one? Yes, I City do. Limits? He'd give you a little look or a he little... Didn't, ah. it, it was like a dad. It was like a dad. All they had to do was give you a look, and you knew not to do that. Don't disappoint your dad. That bad. Dad said so, right? One look from Ron... And I knew that maybe Gormy the Owl wasn't the best idea to come on. Kevin Gorman talking I like Gorman. Yeah. He grew up a couple of streets over from me. Is he a Baldwin legend? He is. The Owl? He is, yeah. Was Gormy the Owl the name of a cartoon character? I or, have no idea. I looked yeah. it up the other day and couldn't find it. And yeah. Maybe I just didn't do enough research. That was a nickname I bestowed upon him years ago. Next thing I knew, everybody's calling him Owl. Just I'll like, have to start calling him that. Just yes, when he Hi, when, Gormy the Owl. Just Al. Just call him when he calls, pick up the phone at one o'clock and say hello, Al. Will he give me one of those sighs like Ron? Uh, he might, yeah. Uh. He might not like that, although I think it's grown on him. Yeah, we'll find out. So why don't we open as we do on Wednesdays with a little six pack city limits? Because as it turns out, the top two topics here are very, very newsy, in my not so humble opinion. I feel bad because there's a man named Buddy in here, and he was trying to put a sign up in the studio and using a power drill right before, the, 
right before the show, and I became slightly perturbed because uh, there's a little bit of scrambling here at the right. last minute. Buddy's a very nice man. His name is Buddy for a reason. He is. He's got a great He's smile. immediately your buddy, and that's very nice of him. And I said at the first break, you can bring in a power drill. You can break cement. You can do whatever <laughs> you want to do, but I got to get through this six-pack. In fact, we'll offer Buddy one, won't we, City Limit? Yes, we will. Why don't you crack one? That sounds good. So I heard this on the afternoon show yesterday. I should have read the story, but I didn't. It was Rob Rossi in The Athletic talking to Sid about the Gensel situation. And Rossi joined the guys yesterday, and it was his opinion, but also his reporting, his interview with Sid, which gives Rossi the distinct impression that while Sid was pretty adamant that he wanted to go out with his guys, meaning Gino and Latang, that maybe he's not nearly as firm about Gensel, and also that if the Penguins wanted to launch a rebuild, he might not be going anywhere. Like, he's done everything he needs to do here. But let's hear uh, a little clip of Rossi uh, with the PM guys yesterday about his interview with Sid regarding Gensel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's blessing trading Gensel. I think he is speaking very candidly when I asked him about this, how this is different than the Malkin and Latang situation. And you know, it clearly he, is. He says, right? I mean, it's yeah, different. And he, you know, yeah, he says, you know, and I asked him how often he really does get involved. He, he says he, you know, doesn't really, and I know this to be true from talking to other guys, if there's like a personal matter or a team issue, he'll he'll speak to the GM, but it, it isn't something he typically does. And, you know, I asked him directly how the Gensel thing differs from, the situation with the, you know, the other big three and, you know, the quote, I'll read it to you is the fact that we played this long together and we've made all this commitment to be here. I didn't think it was something where you had to sit down and analyze too much. Um, but then when I asked him directly, if the against anything with Gensel between now and the deadline or after would change his commitment to Pittsburgh. And I, that's exactly the way I asked it. His first was no. And, you know, he says it's a decision for both sides, meaning Gensel and um, Dubis, but, you know, it doesn't affect how I view things. And I, I took that – look, Sid's a very smart guy. He knows, he knows how I operate. I took that as Sid seizing the opportunity to sort of quell any fires it out, be out there that, hey, if the Penguins start doing something drastic, I don't want to be part of it. Uh, I've, I have thought, guys, that he's in this for the long haul no matter what. Uh, based off what he's told me and what others have told me, I think this is his way of saying it. Wow. That's what I have to say to that, City Limits. A lot and, there. And, now, listen, if Sidney Crosby went on the record and said, I don't want us to trade Jake Gensel, that kind of puts a puts a little bit of a squelch on the old uh, market for Jake Gensel, doesn't it? Yeah, it closes the box. But this was very interesting to me that, what Rossi is gleaning from that conversation is everybody's wondering. I've said it a million times on this show lately that if you're Dubas, if you're Fenway Sports Group, you have to consider what launching a massive rebuild would do to your ability to keep Sidney Crosby in a Penguins uniform for the rest of his career. Because I don't care what anybody says. Not that many people would disagree with the idea that they would love that. That's a... That's a necessity, I think. You almost have to do that, right? Yeah, just like Mario. I mean, there's and no as, way. Yeah, and as long as Sid is here, I think it. the idea was it's an incumbent upon you to try to win now. Well, maybe not. 
maybe they could launch a massive rebuild or a partial rebuild. And it sounds like, at least according to Rossi, that Sid would be okay with that. And he thinks that that's the message that Sid is putting out there. I'm heartened and happy to hear that. He sounds 100% committed to the team no matter what happens, that he's going to play his final days in Pittsburgh and ride off into the sunset no matter what the instance now, Yeah, now he wants his other guys with him. Yes. That, that's very he clear. He wants Malkin and Latang. But everybody else is fair game. He's not publicly going to the mat for Gensel. That's, I guess that's the, the other bit of news here, the combined bit of news. A little bit surprising. Thank you, City Limits. You're welcome, uh, Joe. That was wonderful. Uh, please crack one. How about this little nugget as news item number two? Could have easily been news item number one. Chad Johnson, the artist formerly known as Chad Ochocinco, who incidentally hugged Ron Cook in the Bengals locker room once and also interacted with me at an Applebee's in Georgetown, Kentucky, where the Bengals had training camp. Uh, That's beside the point. Says that a little birdie tells him, And I said this many shows ago. What show was this on? City Limits. Now I can't find it. Can you find it? I can try. So I give credit where credit is due. Just Google Chad, Birdie, and Russell Wilson. He says, a little Birdie told me, and I said this many shows ago, Russell Wilson's coming on over to the Steelers. You have the sound for this? Would you like to hear it? You're like Radar O'Reilly from MASH. You get things before I even think of them. Thank you to the PM team. You're right. (laughs) You're a miracle worker. Yes. What, what what podcast is it? Do we know? Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. Let's hear the sound. We got to work on the Steelers. Now, a little birdie told me, and I said this many shows ago, if Russell Wilson coming on over there to the Steelers, Cleveland has Deshaun, or the AFC going to be hell. I think right now I saw drafting <laughs> the betting favorite is Justin Fields to end up in Pittsburgh. No, he's going to Atlanta. I, I, I always I got, said I, I thought the, he would I be back a bit too Wowza. Thank you, NFL insider Chad Johnson. Well, here's the thing. The state of of sports, quote, media nowadays, players are just as liable to break stories as anybody else. Uh, That's fair. When will Jason and Travis Kelsey start breaking news on their podcast? Don't they already? I believe him. No, I don't. Do I believe him? Do you believe him? I don't know what to believe at this point. I hope that he's telling the truth. That's a better way to phrase it. I hope he's telling the truth. Russell Wilson gets dreaded here on all our shows everywhere in town. What's wrong with Russell Wilson on uh, for nothing? You can get him for the vet minimum. That's the only appealing thing for me is that you're paying him absolutely nothing. Well, how's this for appealing, City Limits? Russell Wilson won some games this year while his own organization wanted him out. Now, there's this belief that players hate him. I think they did. I think he came in high on his horse, pun intended, in Denver, uh, and and he turned people off the first year. But you notice this year, I think he buckled down, and I think when the organization threatened him that they were going to cut him if he didn't make a change to his contract, uh, players stuck up for him on social media, like vehemently stuck up for him in that battle. So with his own organization working against him, Russell Wilson beat, in order, in order this season, Cleveland, Minnesota, at Buffalo, Kansas City, and Green Bay. That was reverse order. It started with Green Bay. Kansas City at Buffalo, Minnesota, Cleveland. That's a pretty good little run. And Russell Wilson had nine touchdowns and zero interceptions in, that, in, in those games. He had seven 
or eight multi-touchdown games. I mean, he's Dan Marino compared to what Pickett was delivering. Guess how many games he had with a passer rating over 100 city limits? Wrong. He had eight games with a passer rating over 100. What's wrong with this guy? He's 30, what, 35, just turned 35. Again, with his own organization working against him, he beat good teams and at times played really well. Did you watch the game in Buffalo? I think yeah, it was a it was great. Thursday night game, maybe Sunday night game. He was 24 of 29 for a buck 93, two touchdowns, no picks, 117.4 rating, and he ran for 30 yards and a bunch of first downs and kept plays alive against a good defense back when it was healthy. I don't understand. We can disagree who's the best guy of all these people mentioned, and Jimmy G's the latest one who's mentioned. But the idea that 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 Russell Wilson is to be summarily dismissed as a horrible idea and a joke. What are people talking about? Do you see what they already have here? I'd love to see Russell Wilson here. And he got, and he got benched for what Jared Stidham for the last two games because they didn't want him to get hurt and have to pay him, what, $45, $50 million. Yeah. I told you about my friend Glenn Stidham from Buffalo. He was seven feet tall and he didn't want to play basketball, even though everybody wanted him to play. And the last time I saw him, he was picking berries off a tree on Main Street in Buffalo. He could have been Taco Fall or Bowl Bowl or Minute Bowl. He could have been. But that's beside the point as well. Next. Was it just me or did the Penguins sound strangely satisfied and pleased with their game last night? I mean, this has become Alice in Wonderland stuff. We're all in, is it the looking glass where everything is, is distorted? What the hell is going on here? The Hall of Mirrors? Yes. They had a mediocre team come in here with the worst penalty kill in the league. They were giving up chances left and right, which I actually like. For a lot of the game, I liked this. I'm good with 4-4-5-5-6-6-7-6. There's this misguided idea that you want to increase the ability to win by playing close, low-scoring games, to which I ask, What's the difference between a close, low-scoring game and a close, high-scoring game? None. The knock against high-scoring games, oh, it becomes a crapshoot. You know, everybody's scoring, you, you know, you win or lose, you can't guarantee anything there. The Penguins lead the NHL in one-goal losses, most of them low-scoring. Isn't it 19 now? I don't know, but Crowley thank had you, a, City Limits. Crowley had a good stat yesterday. It was 18 games that they have lost by either one goal or two goals where the second goal was an empty netter. Well, I question Crowley's stats. They've been wrong before, but he is very, <laughs> very on top the, of the things. Global Research Bureau. No, he is. Is that does he have his own research bureau of himself? Him himself and I. I think he does. He's that's a good one right there. Is eighteen one goal losses. So tell me the difference in in risk between you're protecting a one nothing lead and you're protecting whatever a six five lead. Well, there is no difference. The same concept. There is no difference. I would rather see, as we spent half the show yesterday, seeing the Penguins, you know, indulge in their DNA, take way more chances, activate Latang and Carlson, and go for freaking broke. That's what I want to see. Could it be worse? I don't think so. So they lost 5-4. At least they scored some goals. At least Carlson, you know, he scored for both teams, basically, but at least he was sort of on his horse a little more. What was the word that Colby Armstrong used? Oh, yes. I was listening to him last night. Uh, Carlson went rogue on that play. I think it was, well, it was the goal for the Penguins. He went right. rogue on two of them, one for the other guys. But the one for the Penguins, carrying the puck down the wall, 
that creates chaos on the other side. The Penguins are so paranoid about giving up odd man breaks, and they give them up anyway. So forget it. Try to score. Go for broke. Play offense. Some Take of the, your chances in 5-4 games, okay? The key factors when the teams were so good in 16-17, it was the Trevor Daly's, Brian Dumoulin's pinching along the wall, right. keeping pucks in, yes. and continuing play in the offensive zone, and right. it's just not as efficient. Pinch more, year. jump in more, but pinching you do without the puck. I want to see I want to see Latang and Carlson head down the boards. Take chances. Get deep in the offensive zone, lugging the puck themselves. That's what I want to see. And then Sully after the game, do we have that clip? City limits? But having said all that, having said I kind of like the tenor of the game, they still lost. They still gave up ridiculous chances. I disagree with Josh Yoey. Nadelkovich, I thought, was, was amazing for a lot of the game. Yeah, he probably wants the last goal back, but you know who else wants it back is Sid and Tanger, who let a guy walk in to within like 20 feet of the goal for a clear and wide open shot. Yeah, no doubt. In overtime. And Sully must want it back, too. He starts his third line on the overtime. I like Lars Eller as much as the next guy. Nice little hockey player. Good leader. I don't want him on the power play, and I don't want him starting overtime. Him and Invisible his, Riley his mis- Smith. His <laughs> Invisible Riley Smith. His mistake the other night on the power play led directly to a shorthanded goal. And then last night, he's starting in overtime? Lars Eller? I'd rather have Carl Eller starting in overtime. Do we have the Carl Eller pork rinds quote somewhere? We have the Mike Sullivan clip. Anyway, play. So what are you doing, Sully? You have stars. It's still high-end stars. Malkin had a great third period, never saw the ice in overtime. Sid barely saw the ice. Come on. We're starting these guys? And then after the game, eh, they just suffered a gut punch, soul-crushing, eyebrow-ripping-off loss to a team they're, they're still chasing, by the way. And this was Sully. Well, it's a tough one. It's disappointing because I thought our team competed really hard. You know, I thought, uh, you know, some of the in some of the ebbs and flows of the game, certain things didn't go our way. Um, a couple of the goals were um, fluky, and I just thought our guys kept they kept competing. So, from that standpoint, I I thought there was a lot to like about about our team game tonight. I thought our guys had an inspired effort. So, um, A lot to like in an inspired effort, and the other guys got fluky goals. What about, what about the Penguin goal that went off a defenseman's skate on the Islanders? I, 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 like I said, this is looking glass stuff. It, is that what they had in Alice in Wonderland? City Limits. Did yeah, you read that as a child? I saw the movie. What was your? You did? There was a video game, too. I used to play Alice in Wonderland when I was like 10 years old. What was your favorite childhood book? Mine was Oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Little did I know, one of the places I would go to was a radio studio with Ron Cook for six years. I liked, yeah, those books were good, too. I liked when I read in eighth grade To Kill a Mockingbird, which is not a childhood <laughs> book. I'm talking as a, as a little kid when you started learning to read. What, what's the one with the, uh, the uh, moon? Good Night Moon? Good Night Moon. Yeah, yeah that was a good one, Somebody too. read that to a little city limits. He turned out to be a nice man. I like the the ones with the uh, the cookies. What the hell? What the, what is that called? One of the do- the Dr. Seuss book with the cookies. With cookies? I don't know. What kind of cookies? I can't remember. Yeah. There was one uh, Dr. Seuss where it was a bunch of um, things in like a tree. Anyway, let's move on. Next. Limits? Do you have the six-pack in your hand? Crack one. Limits. There we go. Made me wait for that one. 
All right, story by Stephen Nesbitt, Ken Rosenthal uh, at The Athletic on the Pirates. Some interesting reporting here, but not really anything new that, that I could see. I mean, how often do we talk about the Pirates needing to spend more? That seems to be a fairly common topic. Uh, we talk about it all the time. More importantly, they need to draft and develop better. I read to you the other day their first-round picks and the disaster therein. I can do that again if you'd like city limits. Uh, you, this is not how you rebuild a franchise by drafting. And I'm going back uh, before, let's see here, let's go back before Hank Davis. And the jury is still out on that one. Uh, we're, we're three years in here. We don't even know what position he plays. Uh, before that, Nick Gonzalez, hmm, Quinn Priester, Travis Swaggerty, Shane Boz, Wrong Way Craig, and then you got to go back basically to Key Brian Hayes. No, he was what he was the 45th pick. So before that, Kevin Newman, a first-round pick, Cole Tucker, Reese McGuire, Austin Meadows, who had good years elsewhere but not here. I mean, that's not a secret either. They have to draft and develop better. Uh, and for all the money they've invested in Latin America, precious little return. There was some interesting stuff in here about players going to various uh, instructors, not on the major league level, but that was already known too. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette reported last year that Key Brian Hayes went to his old hitting instructor who was, I think, what is he, a double A at the time, John Nunnally, and got help. I actually asked Sheltie about that after, after Mackey put a story out in August that said, help from a surprising place has spurred Key Brian Hayes' impressive resurgence. <laughs> it was because he went back to the minors to his old guy, Nunnally. And I don't know that Sheltie loved the question at the time, but, but this is all stuff that's been out there and is out there. And listen, the bottom line is when, when, by any means necessary, when. And as Bob Nutting and everybody with the Pirates back then, that regime, Neil Huntington, Frank Coonley, as they learned in 2013, 14, 15, that when you win, all those stories disappear out into the ether. They're all gone, those stories. You know what they're replaced with? Positive stories. Because the truest cliche in the history of sports is that winning cures all. Is there a way to win with their payroll? Yeah, of course there is. Tampa Bay does it every year. The Orioles did it last year. They draft and develop. Great. And now they've made some supplementary big moves. Yeah, there's a way to do it. Win. Pit Wake Forest. Oh, my God. Disaster. Oh, my God. I have new headphones here, City Limits, and I put those on for the second half and was listening to happy music while I was watching that debacle unfold that was a that was a kicking of the highest degree just when Hinson doesn't shoot well it seems like they're doomed does it not not necessarily doomed to 30 point losses but doomed nonetheless that was well it was impossible to watch by the end and I turned it off it also doesn't help when Wake Forest makes 61 percent of their shots and Pitt makes 29 that's the thing 10 yes. threes for Wake Forest on 20 attempts 50 percent so now we have a situation where Pitt really needs to win at Clemson, period. 
they have to win at Clemson. And I think if they don't, and, and they also can't stumble against anybody else, if that doesn't happen, then I think they may need to win the ACC tournament. I'm going to check in with the Noah constrictor on that, Noah Hiles. But that was, you know, if you're in that committee room trying to decide things, it's like, oh, yeah, did you see the 90-point loss to Wake Forest there near the end of the season? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the Syracuse losses from earlier this year in Missouri, that's not a good loss. And they've been earlier on in the year, and Pitt's had a great run, and they're on notice right now by the committee. But if they do not win out, they got to go to the ACC championship game at least and then try to beat Duke, who they've already beaten, Virginia or Carolina. And I cursed them, and I cursed myself. It's called the columnist curse. It's happened to me many times. As soon as I write something complimentary, they fall flat on their faces, whoever they may be, Penguins, Pirates, Steelers, Pitt. And as soon as I write something where I'm ripping somebody, well, then they take off on, like, you know, Mike Tomlin two years ago on a seven-game winning, you know, stuff like that. It's it's the curse. It's the, it's the curse of the savvy old news hound. I wrote yesterday that Jeff Capel did the best coaching job in Pittsburgh last year and is on his way to doing it again, and that this Pitt team, while they probably would lose a lot of times to those old Howland Dixon teams, actually have a better chance of advancing in the tournament, if that makes any sense, because they have more shot makers. And then they go out and shoot. What did they shoot? 29%? 29. Thanks a lot. All right, Limits. That should do it for a six-pack. Did you enjoy that? I did. Always great to start. Let's go back to the Rossi-Gensel situation. And let's hear more from Rob Rossi's appearance here and also whether it, it sparks in you thoughts of, wait a second, what if Sid was okay with a massive rebuild? Like, what if he's, you know, grateful that they've kept the band together and as long as he's with Gino and Latang? no matter what happens, he'll be okay type of thing and wants that part of his legacy to end in Pittsburgh? What about at least a partial rebuild? Kyle Dubas talks today at 2 p.m. That's going to be mighty interesting. Or not, but he's going to have the opportunity to say some very interesting things. All of this ahead in the big boy. Mark Caballi coming in. Buddy can get back to work drilling the wall here. This is very exciting. A lot of things happening at the fan today. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. And the text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, personal injury law firm where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. All right, let's talk NBA with FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge. America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Did you get all the rejoins I sent today, the musical interludes we're going to have today, uh, City Limits? I did, yes. I um, got to reset the computer. It froze. We'll have yeah, them well, coming up next. There's no, that, that's because of Buddy's drilling. Probably. I think that happened. Uh, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets, as I said, with any winning $5 bet. $150 if your bet wins. Quick bets, live same-game parlays exclusive props, all of that. I'm very excited tomorrow night for Warriors-Lakers, another LeBron-Curry duel with both guys well-rested. Go over, fanduel.com slash Starkey. 21-plus present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
91-58, Wake Forest with the victory against Pitt yesterday. 46-25 to was the differential in the second half. Wake Forest outscored the Panthers. Jalen Lowe had 12 points in the defeat. Panthers returned to the floor at home. 5.30 on Saturday against Virginia Tech. Our coverage right here on 93.7 The Fan begins at 5 o'clock, and you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Panthers are now 17-9 overall and 8-7 in the ACC, fifth place in the conference. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. I'm a little torn here, city limits. Why's that? Well, we have two good topics. We have the Sid thing with Rossi, and then we have the quarterbacks. Why don't we do the quarterbacks top of the hour? This whole Sid uh, interview with Rossi is very, very interesting to me because I've been operating under sort of not the assumption, but with the idea that, <clears throat> listen, if you're going to, you can't launch a massive rebuild here because then you risk losing Crosby, and that's the number one thing that has to happen. You know, under normal circumstances, I would say, you know, move on and let's go here. Let's get to the next era at some point, you know, a massive rebuild, maybe even soon. But this is Sidney Crosby, right? And you want him here forever. That's important. That's really important to people. But what Rossi drew from his remarks and what I think you almost have to at least think about knowing that sometimes what an athlete puts out in public isn't everything he's thinking privately, that he might be okay with that. Like this organization has given him the coach he clearly wants and doubled down and tripled down on him, on Sully. And then when it didn't have to, it re-signed his compatriots, you know, his longtime closest teammates, Chris Letang and Gino. So you, they, you can't say they haven't done very right by him. But you also can't say they need to make every move doing what they think Sid would want or what he tells them he wants, whatever, you know, when, if they ask him, and I'm sure they do on big moves. The idea that he would be okay, possibly, with a rebuild, that's kind of news to me. That creates a whole world of possibilities here. You know, it, it, it's kind of like Taves and Kane staying through most of what the Blackhawks were trying to do. They eventually, you know, moved on from Kane. But it kind of reminds me of that. You know, and how long, and then I start thinking, how long would it take? And I heard Rossi talking about this too. Like, the sooner you start, the sooner you get to where you want to go, right? right? Right, and I mean, we just don't see that at all. From athletes anymore. Like it used to be a legacy type of thing. It still is for a lot of people. Crosby, it seems to be the case. Same thing with Ovechkin. Who else other than other than those two in terms of stars right now? And a lot of guys still have like McDavid and Austin Matthews have a lot of time left and a lot of ways that their career can unfold and shape. But Taves, Kane, uh, and others, I mean, think about what Patrick Marlowe, all the years with the Sharks. And the time that he spent away from them, it does not happen very much at all. And Sidney Crosby seems content that no matter what happens, he's won his cups. If they win again, great, fantastic. Well, that's what Rossi said, right? It's, right. He's just okay. Yeah, that's, okay. What, that's what Rossi said, that that's the vibe that he gets from Sid. So what does that mean with Gensel then? 
to me, it means you can trade him and you're not going to get on Sid's wrong side here. That's what it sounds like anyway. 412-928-9370. And clearly, you know, the, the, the attempt to bring in 30-somethings and keep winning that way just isn't working. You know, what could, what could Gensel bring you? A really good prospect and a first-round pick, maybe? Might that be a nice little way to get things jump-started? Then you start talking about maybe trading some other veterans. I mean, obviously, it's going to be Sid, Gino, and Latang. That That's what Sid wants, no matter what. So you got to get creative and figure out another way to do it, even if it's going to be a soft rebuild. I think in some ways people will be excited about that. It beats this, doesn't it? Yeah, just this middle-of-the-pack purgatory-like spot the Pens are in. Purgatory is a good idea for it, and or a good word for it. And I don't think anybody would begrudge Sid if he wanted to leave if they if they launched that kind of rebuild. Not a single person, I don't think, would like go out and win it. But as Rossi stated, he's won. He's won three cups. Like what else? What else does he really does he? Does, this isn't Ray Bork. He doesn't need to go out and chase the cup that he doesn't have. He's got three of those babies. Let's hear more from Rossi with the PM guys yesterday. Does the computer work yet? I think they should. Uh, I don't think they will. Um, I think that wow. the combination trading Gensel he's talking about uh, having this you know injury that's going to prevent him from playing through the um, trade deadline and also so so look teams aren't going to get a chance to see him um, before that. Uh, you don't know what he's going to come back like. He has a he's a list of 12 teams that which he can sort of decline a trade to, which prob you know certainly limits the Penguins' and options. He made that and then list at that point, the season, right? Just so people know that. that yes, you're. Okay. Yes, so so the way those lists work is you hand that list in and before the season. Um, now he probably put bad there teams can't on be there. You would think. Yes. Well, you yeah. Often you put teams where you don't want to go. You know, if it's a city you just don't want to go. I mean. Uh, despite Connor McDavid, Edmonton ends up on a team, a lot of players list because they don't want to spend time in Edmonton, um, Winnipeg the same way. Um, so look, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's, you know, as strong as 80, 20, that they're not going to trade them, but I think it's more 70, 30 right now that they won't. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. A little bit maybe, but not a lot, not a lot at this point. And the other thing is, the other very real possibility, which might actually be the smartest thing to do, is trade Gensel for assets that you really don't have any other way of getting, and you certainly don't have your own. Like I said yesterday, City Limits, this Vinny Hanestroza, whatever the hell his name is, I think I'd rather have Vinny Ricicci on this <laughs> team right now. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of stale. Nobody, Pustin had a good game last night, but, but, but you know, th- th- there's nothing coming through the system, literally nothing, and nothing to get excited about, except maybe the goalie, uh, Bloomquist, might be a very, very interesting player for them and might put Kyle Dubas in position where I'll tell you a guy that they could get some assets for, and that's Tristan Jari. Or you go the other way and trade N- Nadalkovic, hmm. whose name I can never say right on the first try. But what about Jari? What if Kyle Dubas was playing chess and not checkers? It's a big contract. And sign, it's not that big, though. 
It's pretty big, but it's not a cap crippler. You know what I mean? It's not some ridiculously bloated contract. You have a chance to get pretty good goaltending from a relatively young guy for a long time if you pick up Tristan Jari. He's having a pretty good year. So that would be an interesting move. But you could always bring back Gensel was my original point. Get some assets. And then if he really wants to play with Sid and come back and be part of it, bring him back. Try to get rid of other guys, other contracts. Ryan Graves certainly comes to mind. Wow. Has that fallen apart? Anyway, let's get to the general. It's time for Starkey's card of the week. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. You can listen to this show every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 93.7thefan.com contesting page. General, I'm trying to think. MVP of the NBA All-Star Game. I don't even know who it was. Where is the general going with the Card of the Week? You want to go first with your guest, City Limits? I'm going to say... Was it Yager? Yager was last week, correct? Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to say Yager again. You just reminded me of that. And he stayed. He was at the game last night, too. He was. I'm going to say Yager, General. Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks for having me. Great guests. We nailed Yager last week. All this Penguin talks make me want to shift gears. I'm going with Paul Skeens. Ooh, I like that. Talking about the Buccos. I got a 2023 Bowman's Best Paul Skeens first card in a Pittsburgh Pirate uniform. Time to start talking about spring training. I love that one. Uh, I was reading a couple of accounts of people watching him up close in spring training. And, man, they say it's something to see. Something to see. So thank you, General. I like that one. You you optimistic this year? um, Yeah, semi-optimistic. I think if Cruz is healthy, you add 30 homers to your lineup, that's a big deal. The other thing I think to watch is, you know, there's a new rule started two years ago that if you keep your first-round pick in the big leagues from opening day, you get a bonus first-round pick. Hmm. So I I don't know that it's out of the possibility that Skeens would make it. I know it swims upstream with what the Pirates typically would do because they'd rather have that seventh year of control. Yeah. But I'm wondering if maybe maybe if he shows himself in spring training, if it's a little different than it's been in years past. Well, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one, but who knows? It could happen if he lights it up in spring training. If he lights it up in spring training, he should go north with the team. Well, forget about that and just think about the new premise. Would is not getting an extra first round pick worth three months of a bonus three months of Paul Skeens? I think it is, but there's also the distinct possibility that he needs more seasoning. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, but assuming it's. Remember Gregory Polanco hit 450 in spring training, and before this was a thing, they sent him down as late they were want to do. But I'm just saying there's a new dynamic now. Maybe maybe we'll see Skeens a little sooner than we think. Thank you, General. You're welcome. Have a good week. What a wonderful man he is, City Limits, huh? He's fantastic. You know the odd thing about Paul Skeens for me? He's only thrown six innings in the minor leagues, just over six innings. Garrett Cole threw 200 before he came up. 200 minor league innings? 200 minor league innings. Paul Skeens has thrown six. I'm going to check your facts on that right now, City Limits. 200. 200 exactly in the minor leagues because he was drafted in 2011 and didn't come up until 2013. I'm checking your facts on that right now. By the way, uh, Tex in the City made a big comeback yesterday. It was was basically a lifeline yesterday where we were either going to bury it 
or launch a new era of text in the city. And it went really well. So here's the instructions for you, the listener. As the show goes along today, you text us, 412-928-9370, the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line. You put your name on there, and you have a take. Could be a short take, could be a long take. We aren't, we aren't accepting questions. And no anonymous texts. Somehow this has become complicated. I'm, I'm baffled by that. I truly am because there couldn't be an easier situation. I think City Limits can handle this. At the end of the show, he's going to read the best texts of the day. For example, Roger from Pitcairn says the Pirates are going to win 94 games. Something like that. That's it. And then we judge it and comment on it. may lead to a riveting conversation. I think this is pretty easy, Limits, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, now that we have a basis of what we're looking for, producer-wise, in terms of text in the city, we got it covered. And then as far as Cole goes, I want to be very careful and point out that you were wrong. He pitched 230.1 innings, according to the baseball cube. Does that include rehab assignments and stuff like that? Oh, don't try to equivocate here, city limits. You were wrong. 2012-2013 combined, 200 innings exactly. 132 <laughs> in 2012, 68 in 2013. Okay, I'm, go look at the baseball cube. 230.1 innings. But you were generally right. I'll have to admit that. He pitched a lot of innings. I mean, a relative amount in, in the minors. I mean, he only made, what? 13 games at Bradenton right when they drafted him. Now, he he came up and started pitching more than Skeens did right away, as I recall. 12 games in Altoona and 13 appearances in Indy. So it sounds like a lot, but really, he rocketed through the minors and was with the team by June within a year of his of his draft day, less than a year after he was drafted. He was drafted in 2011 and didn't come up until two years later. So you're, Paul Skeens, you're talking about months. You're right about that. Drafted in 2011. Okay, you're right about that one, City Limits. You were very gentle in how you presented it, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I hope the rejoins work next hour, will they? They will. He's a very confident young man. I'm curious to see how you out there in Pittsburgh are going to react to the presence, the regular presence of City Limits. He's very confident, very well-spoken, brings a younger voice, and I like him. I think you have to be confident in this business. Yeah, you don't really really get a seat here if you're a wallflower, do you? Not at all. All right, coming up, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk about the little birdie that told Chad Ochocinco something, and then we'll talk about the latest name that has entered the suite, at least the conversation. And, you know, you get so many Steeler people who want to shoot down every single thing. Okay, so... What if Mason Rudolph doesn't come back? Are, are, are we allowed to talk about the possibilities? Like, why wouldn't Russell Wilson be a possibility to get a guy who had 26 touchdowns, eight picks, beat several good teams, and would come here for nothing? Are we allowed to talk about it? Yes, we are. We will. And the other name that has surfaced uh, just this week. Let's do that next. Fan Weather, brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. I have 57 today with sunny skies throughout the day and a low of 26. The big boy coming up at noon. That's Mark Caballi in studio sitting right in Ron's old chair. I'm going to have to text Ron a photo of that one. 
I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Islanders beat the Pens last night 5-4 in overtime. Penguins are back in action on Thursday at PPG Paints Arena. Pens have lost the last two games in a row, 3-5-2 and two in the last 10. Montreal comes to town. Pens are currently 7th place in the Metro, 56 points overall. That's 9 points back of Philadelphia for the final playoff spot in the Metro. Also trail the Detroit Red Wings by 8 points for the second wild card in the East. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So I hear that Sully, the other Sully in town, has been reassigned to a senior offensive assistant. I don't think he did a bad job when he was called upon this year. Of course... I would have looked good after Matt Canada, right? They could have hired you, City Limits, to design their offense, and it would have looked better than what they had. Couldn't have been worse. No. So, who's the quarterback's coach going to be? That's my next question. And they need an assistant quarterback's coach. Although, do you really need an assistant quarterback's coach? I didn't even know they had an assistant quarterback's coach, David Corley. Why do you need an assistant? There's only two or three guys. Well, I mean, why you're not, really dealing with. Why not have a staff like the Rams in San Francisco where there's a bunch of different good offensive minds in town? I guess. I think sometimes it gets cumbersome. Too many too many voices in the ear. Uh, but it sounds like uh, Artie Smith may be bringing in some of his own guys, right? That's what it sounds like to me. All right. Limits. Uh, we've got a bunch of things to talk about here. We have the big boy coming in. Let's talk quarterbacks because a new name was thrown out this this week in the Steelers quarterback derby, and that is good old Jimmy G. Peter King dropped that one. He referenced Dulac's report about how the Steelers don't really want anybody who's, like, coming in as a starter. They don't want to sign anybody like that. To which Peter King wrote, come again? And then something to the effect of, you're really going to go to camp with Pickett and maybe Rudolph in this division? Well, yeah, it sounds like they might, although I'm not convinced they really want Mason Rudolph. I'm not convinced of that one bit. 
But I'm going to ask you about all these people that have been thrown out there. Limits. And you tell me whether you love it, like it, no reaction at all, or you hate it. The idea of this guy being the alternate, let's say, to Kenny Pickett. All right? Okay. Because as far as I'm concerned, everything's on the table. Everything should be on the table. I've seen too many stories around this town, including the drafting of Pickett himself, that got poo-pooed by a lot of a lot of people around here and wound up happening. Okay? So, like, I'm still not sure that the Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers thing was as big a joke as everybody wanted to make it out to be. We don't know the machinations within those offices up there. Okay? We were told they weren't going to draft Kenny Pickett, but they did last I checked. So now who comes in as the alternate? Keeping in mind, I guess, the Dulac report that they don't want somebody who wants to come in, you know, as the starter. Somebody who wants to start. It just sounds funny saying that. (laughs) But I guess that fits somebody like Ryan Tannehill who knows he'd come in as the backup. So do you have your instructions, City Limits? For yes, in terms of love talking, it, love it, like, like it, it or no reaction mm-hmm. or hate it. Right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mason Rudolph as the alternate quarterback. I like it. Why? You bring him back in in a good situation that he's familiar with. I don't know if he'd necessarily want to come back, but we saw the success that he had down the stretch. If he doesn't throw that interception in the end zone, and again, if it was on Mason Rudolph against the Buffalo Bills, maybe they have a better chance in that game. I think your case is well-stated, City Limits. I should have had a don't love it, which I guess is no reaction. Listen, Rudolph proved me wrong merely by doing what he did. I didn't think he was capable of that. Am I convinced that he's a starting quarterback, a good one in the league, that he could be that? Not necessarily. There are worse options on this list, but I'm going to go with, eh. Instead of no reaction, let's do that. You want to practice that? Eh. A little better. Eh. There, there you go. There we go. Eh. That's, that's it. One more time? Eh. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's a better one. Yeah, that was good. Love it, like it, eh. or hate it. That's what I'm going for with Rudolph. Eh. Peter King throws out Jimmy G this week. Uh, Assuming he is cut by the Raiders, I don't want Jimmy G here. He stinks. Did you see him against the Steelers last week? He's not good. Last year? Might as well have been last week. He probably did more in that game than he did in the actual one. No, I don't want any part of him. No, inconsistent quarterback that needs big weapons around him and do the Steelers really have big weapons around him in this type of offense? which we don't know what the Arthur Smith offense is necessarily going to be other than using the tight ends a lot, but no, I don't like it. There, That's not an option. I it's, hate it. Thank you. I hate it as well. Uh, no. Justin Fields with Dulac on the Rich Eisen Show. Do we have that little clip? Limits, I know you're having computer problems, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just curious. There's yeah. a couple in the system. A couple of what? Do lot clips from the chat with Rich Eisen. Oh, well, play one of them regarding Justin Fields. If you could, if it works. Rich, because they're committed to Kenny Pickett. Now, let me say this. Nothing, of course, is going to surprise me. 
And I say that because when Justin Fields was coming out, and at the time, I said this at the time, mm -hmm. that if Justin Fields were on the board when the Steelers picked, which, of course, he wasn't and probably wasn't going to be. Right. I think the Steelers were picking 23rd, and he went, what, 8th or 6th or whatever he went. I said, if he were on the board and the Steelers had the opportunity, they would take Justin Fields, I was told this by a coach, over any other player. And I said, and I mentioned uh, whoever else was in that class, and he said, I'm just telling you, if Justin Fields is on the board, they're going to take him. And the point of that is, that's how much they really like Justin Fields. So if all of a sudden they brought in Justin Fields, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little mildly surprised. And I say that because they are committed to one more year with Kenny Pickett. And, and that being said, I can't imagine Justin Fields wants to go to a situation where he is not the entrenched number one quarterback. Why would he want to do that? I don't even think he'd want to go somewhere where there would be a competition. All right, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. First of all, first of all, who's the coach that told Dulac that, and that's him from the Rich Eisen show, that they would have taken Justin Fields over any other player Trevor Lawrence was on the board. Yeah. He was like regarded as a generational quarterback. He had a, sl a slightly disappointing season this year, but he also walked into a literal hell of a football team. And I don't mean that in a complimentary way. Like it was, it was as bad as it could possibly be with Urban Liar. And then he makes the playoffs and has a good year and he wins a game. And then last year it didn't happen for him. But going into that draft... They were going to take just, can you imagine if somehow the Steelers were gifted with the first pick that year for whatever reason, and they took Justin Fields and left Lawrence on the board? It would have been absolutely asinine and ridiculous. <laughs> so I want to know who that coach was. I really do. Secondly, I've been a Justin Fields backer, okay? But. Justin Fields, the idea that why would he want to go anywhere where he's not the entrenched starter? After finishing ninth in the MVP vote a couple years ago, he didn't exactly flourish this season. I don't know that Justin Fields is calling the shots on that matter. I think he may have to go if, if he's going to get traded. And by the way, what if the Bears were to keep him and draft Caleb Williams? Then he'd find himself in a competition, I can tell you that. But how many markets around the league does Justin Fields walk in unchallenged? Raiders, maybe? Where else city limits? New England. Maybe, although they have a high draft pick. Probably Denver. Maybe Denver. That's three, although it seems like... Uh, it seems like he might not be Sean Payton's kind of quarterback, and it seems like they're wedded to Jared Stidham. Were you invited to that marriage, by the way? Not, not at all. Uh, where else? Where else? Atlanta? Maybe. Maybe. Now, that would be a good one. Yeah. Point being, it's not like there are 10 teams lining up for Justin Fields where he goes in completely unchallenged because of how great he's been. He's still unproven he's completely. What, he's what, 10 and 28 as a starter? I mean, so if the idea here is you're coming to Pittsburgh to compete with, with Kenny Pickett, I'm not sure he would think that's the worst thing in the world. If the, if the other choice was 
go to the Raiders and have your career ruined forever because you're with the Raiders or compete with Caleb Williams. Like every, every situation is very, very different. And there are no guarantees for him. And he's in no position to be saying, yeah, I don't think I want to go there. Well, guess what, Justin? That might be the only place that wants you unchallenged. I'm talking like Raiders or something. And if he's in a competition with Caleb Williams, how much of a competition even is it? Basically none. Caleb Williams is going to be their guy. They pick him number one. No doubt about it. All right. We are playing a game of love it, like it, eh, or hate it with possible quarterbacks that have been mentioned, you know, legitimately. Kirk Cousins to the Steelers. Like it. Hate it. Way too much money for him, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. I think there are better options. Why do you like it? I'd be willing to spend the money because you have a known commodity in Cousins. Now, he's not a known commodity in prime time or the playoffs, which is a significant concern. Yeah, they don't worry about the playoffs around here as long as they're in it down the stretch. I'm willing to take a chance on him. What about the Achilles? I think he'll be back and be okay. He's not a mobile quarterback. We know that. He's a pocket guy. But at this point in time, when you're going to be dependent on the running game, why not bring in somebody like Cousins who's accurate, who can control a game, not a game manager, but has a lot of ability. This is one everybody is pointing to, and for good reason. For one thing, you bring in Ryan Tannehill, and Kenny Pickett is completely unthreatened. And I tend to think that that's what the Steelers want. I don't think they want Mason Rudolph back here creating just a broiling quarterback controversy because they already know at least they bring in somebody else who can, you know, in quotes, compete with him. Guys in this locker room wouldn't already be inclined to be in that guy's corner, the new guy. There are already guys in Mason Rudolph's corner, and and if uh, people are telling Dulac the right things here, there are already people in the offices who prefer Rudolph. You bring him back, you're, you're lighting a match to a can of gasoline for a quarterback controversy. You are. Now, that can be a good thing sometimes, bring out the best in both guys, whatever. But it's also something that, in my experience, teams, teams don't really love to create that situation. But this guy, Tannehill, you bring him in, he's just a very nice man. He's no threat. He knows Arthur Smith's system. The problem is he's no good anymore either. I hate this idea. Hate it. You? All the reasons that you gave make me say, eh, because it is no threat. It's no competition. He knows he's the second in command. Yeah. Kenny Pickett has the freedom to be the guy. Now, that's probably what the Steelers want. That's not what we think is best, but that's what the Steelers internally think is going to be the best option this year. I think so, too. I I, I almost expect that to happen. But if that doesn't happen... I would expect this guy. And I'm going to put a like next to this guy under the circumstances. Like if I had a team I was starting from scratch and wanted to win a Super Bowl, Jacoby Brissett would not be my guy. I just happen to think he's a good quarterback and a preferable alternative to the names that we mentioned and some we will mention. I thought he was pretty good for the Browns two years ago. He absolutely riddled the Steelers. 21 of 33, 200 plus, I think a couple touchdowns, great rating that night, and I thought he gave them chances to win most of the time. I'm going to go with a uh, good idea here.
about you? I'm in between good idea and eh. Yeah, that's not good enough. You have to choose one. Limit. Eh. Okay. Why? He can win you a couple games, but as a suitable alternative if Kenny Pickett gets hurt for an extended period of time. Yes. He's only a backup. Now, the, the thing about Mason Rudolph, who we all thought was only a backup, is he can step into a role and it was only four games, probably play better. I was just so surprised by, by Rudolph and think he's better than Brissett. I think he would probably be the better guy. Brissett, eh, we'll see. I think I think Brissett is the better guy. 51 career touchdowns against 23 interceptions. He can run around almost 300 yards rushing a couple of years ago. Like I said, I thought he played pretty well for the Browns. He's, he's a real pro. That's a nice thing to say about somebody, isn't it? He's a City kind limits. and gentle man. I like him. I do. I have always have. I think he's a winner, too, even though he usually doesn't win. Does that make any sense? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. I oh, hate it. I love it. You love it? I love Sam Darnold. This has gone Tell back me to more. the start of the Tell draft. Tell me more. I just remember him absolutely shredding Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he ain't playing Penn State. The high upside that he has. There are some people out there that believe that if he was the starting quarterback for the 49ers, he'd do the exact same thing Brock Purdy would be doing. I don't know if that's the case. I think Darnold... And realistically, I just like it. I don't necessarily love it too much, but I'm somebody who loved Sam Darnold out of the draft just because of his overall makeup and abilities and tools and all those other things you like to throw out there. So I'd like to see what it would be like with him in a Steeler uniform. It'd probably just be average, but I'd like to see it. Interesting. I like your take, <clears throat> even though I disagree with it. He was 4-2 and two in Carolina a couple of years ago. Those first two years with the Jets, I mean— he had 36 touchdowns and 28 picks, but he did have 36 touchdowns. He had more touchdowns than picks. I'll give him that. 19 and 13 the second year. I just, uh, the seeing ghosts thing bothered me, and so has most of the rest of his career. He's playing know? for the Jets. When has a quarterback for the Jets ever succeeded? Mark Sanchez and then blips on the radar. I know, I know. He runs around a little bit too, but no, I, what did I say? Hate it. Yeah, You I hate, hate it. it. I do hate it. I was telling the truth there. Uh, why don't we finish this list next? Does that sound good, City Limits? Let's do it. There's one name on here that somebody threw out this week. If this happens, they might as well fold the franchise. I'll tell you who that is next. We got a lot to talk about here. We got the big boy. He's going to park himself right over in Ron's chair come high noon. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit him at southhillskia.net. Text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. You're very critical in that. City Limits is compiling the best texts of the day for texts in the city to end the show. We saved it yesterday. Fort Myers had a great day. Uh, include your name. It's not a questionnaire for you or for me. It's a take. Give us a hot take with your name, if you would. Maybe your hometown if you like that, too. Time right now is 11.22. Time to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. And the hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC, uh, HVAC provider for over 50 years. Tell you what, Jean has been doing her thing for quite some time in Pittsburgh and doing it well. The agent you choose to sell your home can make a huge difference. Some people don't realize that. They'll just Google it up and, you know, ah, just let's get this over with. No, it makes a big difference. Ask Peggy. She just successfully sold her house in Castle Shannon with Gina G. and Petro. 
But things didn't go well before calling Gina. Peggy had worked with two agents before that. Her home was on the market for two and a half years, no buyers. Left her paying two mortgages. Never want to do that. Hard enough with one. Gina's marketing strategy made a huge difference. The GM Petro team always has buyers at the ready. It only took two days on the market for Gina to do what other agents couldn't do in those two and a half years. And now Peggy is telling everybody looking to buy or sell a home to give Gina a call. I have the number. But first, you can't lose. That's what you need to realize here. You agree on a price and a deadline. If the deadline passes and the home isn't sold, Gina will have it bought and turned into a rental. Call the only agent I would trust if I needed to sell my home in Pittsburgh. Gina Giampetro of Remax Select Realty. Call Gina, 724-602-9752. Google Giampetro of Remax Select Realty and look up GinaWillSellYourHome.com. That's GinaWillSellYourHome.com. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. The Steelers have promoted Mike Sullivan from quarterback's coach, not a senior offensive assistant, and has been reassigned with the staff. Pitt basketball last, last, lost last night to Wake Forest. Panthers are now fifth behind Wake Forest, Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina in the ACC standings. 17-9 and nine overall, 8-7 and seven in the ACC. Pitt is back against Virginia Tech, 5.30 on Saturday. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan beginning at 5 o'clock. And also hear the Jeff Capel show here on The Fan tomorrow at 6. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 93.7thefan.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now that I think about it, this is the story of Kenny Pickett with the Steelers. <laughs> I didn't plan it that way. I didn't even play this song. I requested it, City Limits. Suspicious Minds. You love this song, right? I do. It's great. I do respect, like, Elvis, old school music, even though I'm 22 years old. And probably people probably think that I have no idea who the heck he even is. Do you even shave yet? Yeah. How often? Probably every three or four days. Could you grow a mustache if you needed to? Yeah, I could. I kind of am right now. Yeah, it it's look like it's it. going away later. Um, yeah, I went to Memphis. My sister used to live there, and we went to what's the famous studio there where Elvis sang and uh, Bob Dylan was in that studio. Johnny, everybody, it was Memphis for God's sakes. But Elvis, he's big there, real big, and and we had a great time in that city. Oh my God, I forget the names. It Beale Street. That place is lit, as the kids say. It really is. I mean, literally lit. You know, it's uh, it's just every place you walk in. It reminded me of Nashville. And you could just walk into a place randomly, and it's not just music playing. Any place you go, it's unbelievable music. What a city. 
They probably have stars everywhere as well. Country music. Considering your name is City Limits, uh, you should go there, I think. Yeah, check it out. At some point. I'd like to see Nashville, too. It'd be pretty cool. The Steelers are caught in a trap, man. They, 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 they drafted Kenny Pickett, and when you make that kind of investment, that high of a pick, you, you feel inclined to find out once and for all what you have, and they haven't been able to do that yet. So when do you move on, and when do you make a big swing to replace him? Do you take a big swing? Do you start with Pickett and Rudolph? We're going through all these quarterback options. And when I say options, you know, legitimate people are mentioning. Peter King threw out Jimmy G. Everybody's talking about Justin Fields. Kirk Cousins, you got to talk about because he's the most prominent quarterback, you know, maybe available. Ryan Tannehill, everybody talking about him. Mason Rudolph, we started out with. And myself and City Limits are giving a love it, like it, eh, or hate it. Do you have a love it yet on the board that we've talked about? Other than Sam Darnold, hypothetically? (laughs) (laughs) Sam Darnold was your guy. Uh, Did we talk about, what did we say about Justin Fields? We never got the Justin Fields. Oh my God. The number one topic. Justin Fields, by the way, I have a trade proposal here. Uh, Field Yates from ESPN says that he would support this idea. And he thinks a second and a fourth round pick in different drafts would get it done. I love this and I would do this. I think that I think that Justin Fields, simply put, has a better all around talent base than Kenny Pickett, and he's already done more than Kenny Pickett. He has a propensity to turn the ball over. I understand that. He's played on bad teams, however, like really bad teams for the most part, and has also shown the ability to, well, finish ninth in the MVP voting. I mean, I was going to get into details, but that kind of speaks for itself, right? That's not a bad year two years ago. It does, and you'd imagine Chicago in that second-round pick would probably be this year. So probably, probably what, fourth-round pick in the 25 draft? Yeah, second-round pick and a fourth-round pick I have no problem with. This This is a franchise that has no players left from 18 or 19, or one guy, I think, right? So, you know, it's not like they haven't squandered drafts before. And Steelers, Bears, trades have gone over pretty well when they've been made. I would do this. I love it. I don't think they will. Where are you with this one? No, I think there's probably about a 25% chance that it happens. I if don't you even flip think a coin, that much. If you flip a coin, and if it lands on heads one set of four tries, that's probably the probability. Not going to happen. You love it, though? I love it, yeah. yeah. Just bigger, higher upside. All right, Sam Darnold was our last one. You were gung-ho for that one. Uh, Marcus Mariota. I hate it. Just I as, hate just it. as a backup. He's he's a backup at this point. Didn't he walk off the job with Atlanta? Was like okay with Philadelphia when he had opportunities last year. He can't pass. He's done. He reminds me a little bit of Tebow. He's just so incredibly inaccurate. Like he's a little bit better of a Tim Tebow. No, I hate it. Gardner Minshew. As the starter? No, continuing the game as an alternative to Kenny Pickett. Do you love it, like it, eh, or hate it? Um, eh. We're not changing the goalposts here. I'm eh on Gardner Minshew. He did some good things with the Colts. Then why are you only a eh? I think he's kind of sporadic and wild as a passer. I'm worrisome when he throws it down the field that he's going to turn the ball over consistently. He's not going to be Mitch Trubisky. He's not going to be that bad, but could flirt in the same category.
Mm. I like this, and I'm close to love here. I like it. I think Gardner Minshew is a pretty good player. 59 touchdowns against 24 picks in his career. 59 to 24. That's a pretty good ratio, my friend. Would you agree with that? I would. He got a little bit uh, interception-laden last year with nine picks, but he had 15 touchdowns, threw for 3,300 yards, and he was 7-6 and six for Indy. I, there's something about him, man. I, I like him. I do. One year, in, in his first two years in Jacksonville, he had 37 touchdowns and 11 picks. I think he's a good player. I think we saw that against the Steelers. There's something about him. One year, he ran for 350 yards. Yeah, I like this. I like this better than Mason Rudolph coming back here. He made the Pro Bowl last year. Well, so did Tyler Huntley, and he's next on the list. How do you feel about that? No, hate it. Mm, Slightly between hate it and I think there's a little bit of something there that maybe hasn't been explored enough. But, yeah, no, no, it's close to hate it. I wonder if he'd be able to translate to a different team compared to the scheme that he runs, which is so similar to Lamar Jackson in the way that he plays. Maybe. Drew Locke. No. Hate it. Hate it. Because he's not very good. No, he's not. Yeah. Wildly inaccurate. This one got thrown out there this week. Now I'm forgetting by who, but it was a headline for one day. Oh, Zach Gelb of CBS Sports. Joe Flacco. I like it. What? The way that he's played with Cleveland with a... A lot of talent around nuts. him. A good defense. We're talking about, we're, again, we're not moving the goalposts here as an alternative. Let's say Kenny Pickett gets hurt. Joe Flacco can still play. This is a one-year thing. This is not a long-term thing with Joe Flacco. He still shows that he's capable. I agree with you, actually. Uh, I just didn't think you'd say it. I, I like him better than Tannehill. I do, too. Yeah, it was a complete disaster of a playoff game. Other guys have had disastrous playoff games. Trevor Lawrence just had one last year, and he won the game in the end. He threw four picks. It happens. I thought I thought Flacco was pretty good. No, I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. You like this? I think it'd be a decent idea and suggestion for a one-year deal. I'm more eh, on this one. You know, I, I think I think Flacco can still throw the ball. There's no doubt about that. Look at some of the numbers that he put up. Like, everybody remembers the playoff game, and it did. It turned disastrous, but he was going throw for throw for a while, and then it just it turned on him. I get it. But, you know, this isn't, this isn't like watching Drew Brees in his final years or Peyton Manning where they go linguini arm and can't throw a ball. No, he won comeback player of the year for a reason. He had consecutive get. Listen, just listen. And I realize he threw some picks, but, you know, someone should tell the Steelers without great risk – there is no great reward. Here were his, his games coming off the couch. Three touchdowns, 309 yards against the Jets. Three touchdowns, 368 yards against Houston. Two touchdowns, 374 against Chicago. Three touchdowns, 311 against Jacksonville in a win. Two touchdowns, 254 against the Rams. He almost threw for 300 yards and two or three touchdowns in every single game. He had 13 touchdowns in five games. I can live with the picks. If I think I have a really good defense, and the Steelers always do, although they're not always right, then I can live with picks if you give me points. Picks for points. Points for picks. I'll make that trade. I'll take it. It's like what we were talking about with the Penguins who can't score anymore. Give me some goals. Give the other guys some. I'll make that trade. 
That's why I like it. Offense. We have not seen this team be able to consistently score. I don't think Joe, even though Joe Flacco won comeback player, I think people are ripping him too much for the playoff game and not actually looking at what he did. You don't throw for 368 in his, look, look at this, listen to this. In his first two games, he threw for almost 700 yards and six touchdowns. You just, that's not luck or fluke. You don't do that if you can't sling it still. Yeah, I like this. I'm with you. I get, I'm going from eh to like. Yeah, okay? even, even at 39. You convinced me. You're very persuasive, City Limits. I'm glad. I might add. Very persuasive, young man. And I agree with you on that one. Carson Wentz. <sighs> He's back in the NFL. I remember in that workout, he had like every color of every team that he ever played for. He was wearing like his, his Colts hat and his shorts from Philadelphia or whatnot. He stinks. Eh, yeah, eh, I don't like it. Wait, what was he doing? When he did that workout before he ended up signing, I think it was with the Rams, he yeah. wore like every piece of gear that he had from different teams. Man, I don't know of too many cases that I've seen where a guy went from looking as great as he looked and potentially would be to turning into Duck Hodges, like the bad Duck Hodges, overnight. That injury ended his career, which allowed Nick Foles to step in and win the Super Bowl. That was it when he got hurt on that field. I think it was in L.A. And he tore his ACL. His career was over. What year was that? 2017. I know, but he did come back and go for 27-7. and He did come back and do that. That guy looks so – he was third in the MVP in 2017. 33 touchdowns and seven – God bless me – seven picks. He would have won it if he didn't get hurt. He was the odds-on favorite. And then 27-7 and seven ain't bad. And then, and then him and Peterson started to fray, and then he just fell apart. Wait a second. He had 27-7 and seven for Indy in 21? Yeah. It was a good year, and they still moved Did you off know that, him. Limits? Yeah. No, you didn't. I didn't know it was that good, but yeah. I knew he had a good year. So, in other words, you didn't know that. They were a borderline playoff team, but they didn't feel like they wanted to stick around with him. Nine and eight. Holy horse milk. Since he left Philly, he's got 40 touchdowns and 17 picks. That's not that bad. No, it's really not. A little bit better than I thought it was. Thank you for that admission. Me Shit, too. No doubt. I thought Carson <laughs> Wentz kind of mailed it in. Not intentionally, but his play kind of did. What and am I looking at here? Yes, he had, he had 40 touchdowns since he left Philly. 27 plus 11 is 38 plus 2 is 40. 40 touchdowns and 17 picks. He led the league in interceptions in 2020 with 15. That was kind of the jumping off point for a lot of people. Yeah. 16 touchdowns, 15 picks. He's 31. You know, I'm not saying he's been good. Those numbers are misleading. I'm aware of that, but they're way better than I, I thought. I mean, if I would have told you, hey, when Carson Wentz leaves Philly in his next, how many starts does he have? In his next, 25 starts, he's going to throw 40 touchdowns and 17 picks. I, I, I might have said, well, wow, that sounds good for him. No, I'd probably so he's going to have a little bit of a rebound. He's not winning many games, although he went 9-8 and eight with Indy. Doesn't everybody go 9-8 and eight with Indy? And then he played in Washington. I don't know. I'm up from hated to eh, eh with Carson Wentz. Might be, a, eh. might be an interesting guy. Josh Dobbs. Eh. I like Dobbs, but... He kind of got exposed in Minnesota after a couple of games. We know what he is. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. 
little softer one. I love Josh Dobbs. He used to guest star on anything but football with Al. Tremendous personality, really sharp guy, and tons of credit to him, especially what he did in Minnesota where he just walked in from out of nowhere and started winning some games. And, yeah, then it went south. And I, I don't think he's a very good alternative. I don't, think, I don't think he's a starter. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got brought in as the third guy if he doesn't have many options out there. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Josh Dobbs was on this team this year. So of all those guys, who do you like the best? Sam Darnold? Well, you said Kirk Cousins. I'd probably say Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. I'd probably go Fields. And I, I still don't like his accuracy at all. He's got a big arm, but it's not accurate. I know. And you worry about it, him in the pocket. I know, but his completion percentage is basically the same as Pickett's. Right. You know? And Pickett in 13 games through, what, six touchdowns, four picks? In the end, listen, <clears throat> God bless me, adding up all of this, you take Pickett, and, and you, you apply the rationale that the Steelers are applying. It does make some sense. I will acknowledge that. You, he's shown some things over his career. He is 14 and 10. He has come back late in games and won some games against good defenses. Is that fluky? Is it lucky? It might be. I mean, Tebow did that early in his career, too. I always point that out. He had the record for like 20 games into a career, fourth quarter comebacks. But, but, but he was the one, and Pickett is often the one, who helps put himself in the position to have to come back. That's A. And then, and then the other thing in his favor is he looked really good in his last full game, which was Cincinnati, as soon as Matt Canada left the building. So I can defend, to a certain degree, the rationale of, listen, we drafted this kid. It's not like he's shown nothing. We need to find out about him with a legitimate coordinator. I get that. I do get that rationale. It's kind of hard for me to compare Tebow with Pickett just because of the folk hero that Tebow became. But, yeah, you're right. It's the issue with Pickett of the coordinator, the scheme, the injuries, the ankle, the concussion, the issues with Mason Rudolph at the very end of the year. Was he going to be the starter? Was he not? There's so many circumstances where you kind of think the huge year and they want to find well. They want to find out. They want to find out what they have. The problem, of course, is that if I was to lean one way or another through 25 starts, I'm leaning toward he's not the guy. I have to look at my alternatives if I have them. And a Justin Fields, a guy with that kind of talent, doesn't come along all that often, you know. So I might still strike there. Plus. If it doesn't work out with Pickett, you've squandered another year here of your your aging and battered defensive stars. Like, you know, at some point, the audition has to end. And the fact that the locker room is divided, according to a lot of reports in the last week and a half, over Pickett and Rudolph, who should be the guy, doesn't that tell you all you basically need to know? No, I still want to know more. But there's a lot happening there. It tells me I don't think they really, really want to bring back Rudolph. I don't think they they believe, even the people who believe he might be a better option, think that he's the guy for the future. Like, we want to build around Rudolph. So I think that they believe they might be inviting a, a just an incendiary situation with a quarterback, built-in quarterback controversy. And I'm not so sure that they want that. But you know what? We're going to ask Mark Caballi, the big boy, about this. He's going to be sitting in Ron Cook's chair. From noon to one. Maybe we can entice him to stay longer. You well, think we can? Probably. What a high honor. Kevin Gorman at one as well. 
Gormie the Owl making his uh, maybe first appearance in this show's history. I might have had him during Starkfest during the pandemic when I did the show from my basement. Might have had him back then. I'll have to check on that. Uh, 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19. Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. I want to ask Kabali about the draft. I want to ask him about the quarterback. He's right behind you. Maybe. Here he is. He didn't even stop for pizza, which is a miracle. Huh? Free pizza. Uh, he says he's going back. That's where I'm going right now. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. I have 57 today with Scunny. Scunny. Scunny skies. Scunny size. With sunny skies. I'm in, I'm in too much of a hurry for the pizza. Guess what, though? High of 48 tomorrow with an 80% chance of rain. I'm sorry, City, city Limits. Kabali next. Penn's lost in overtime 5-4 to the Islanders last night at PPG Paints Arena. The Penguins are back in action tomorrow on a two-game losing streak against the Montreal Canadiens at 7 o'clock. Pitt lost 91-58 to Wake Forest. Panthers' five-game winning streak is now over. Pitt is tied for fifth in the ACC with NC State and Florida State. Wake Forest, now 9-6, and six, is fourth in the conference. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. You'll like this, Kabali. Listen for a moment. This is good stuff. You got headphones? Standing at the station We don't know what to say Looking out the window as you're rolling away. This is good, isn't it? City limits. Glorious. Combined with pizza. Let it be with you. Mark Cabali. In the building, seated right across from me. Eating pizza. Slice on Broadway comes in every Wednesday. It's absolutely scrumptious. You indulged in a pepperoni roll as well, oh, yes. I saw. You know what? It, it, I'm going to really battle my willpower here of talking and watching this pizza just saying, eat me at the same time. Ron did both. He would eat on the air every day. Then he'd forget to turn just, his mic on. Right. Just chew. No, he, that, he would actually have the mic on and chew right into it. Were you here for any of those city limits? I was. He's so we're, you're you're definitely going with city limits. Yeah, Mr. P didn't go over well. I got I got punished by a couple of listeners saying I wasn't respecting city limits. Hey, what yeah. about you know you're you're about old as me? You no know, million dollar man, Steve Austin, Stone Cold, the million dollar Stone, man, Stony, <laughs> Stonies. There you go. Like Stony Richards, who used to work around here, could we be taken in a lot of different connotations. We could talk. We could call you, you Stony. You got your built-in entrance music with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I Already felt- taken. Crowley said City Limits was an elite nickname, and that made me feel good, so I've stuck with I that. I have no idea what that means, but okay. You ever see the show Austin City Limits? Absolutely not. No, what it's a music, country music show. No, Powers. Yeah, that's been used before. Yeah, that's too That's, that's the first trade. one you tried to give me, trademark. There was a show I saw, and I was flipping through the channels this Becky. weekend, named Austin City Limits, and I turned it on. There you go. And it was actually a musical concert in Nashville. Yeah, right, in Nashville. Yeah. That's what it is. I was like, yeah, interesting. It's great stuff. When Donnie Football calls you City Limits, that's peak radio right there. Exactly. See, I, 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 always, I always thought nicknames should be a one-syllable type of, not two I know. words. Well, I know. City Limits. Right. Oh. Well, sometimes I shorten it to limits. I know. 
But there's something funny about that, inherently funny about city limits. Obviously, you don't think so. What's your nickname? Depends on where I'm at. What if you're with your buddies you grew up with? Uh, no, I don't think I have a nickname growing up. Kaboom? That was a Mike Byers creation. Really? Yes. I wrote a story back in oh, a long time ago about Ryan Clark. He drilled somebody across the middle. Surprise, surprise. And I wrote the story, and I, and I set it up, and I said, all of a sudden, kaboom. I wrote it in the story as kaboom because Byers saw it and started calling me kaboom. That's but perfect you, you know what? You. I go to I, – I used to cover the Pirates way back in the day. And John Parado, huh? he's like you. Everybody got a nickname, right? Yeah. He used to call me Bella because he thought my press pass said Bella Caroli. The gymnastics coach, yeah, right? Yeah, he thought it said Caroli. So yeah. if people call me Bella, it's a very, <laughs> very small amount of people that covered the Pirates during like the 0203-ish type of situation. Other I didn't know that, you even did that. You covered the Pirates? Yeah, I was... Uh, you know, some of the Giles Kendall stuff. I mean, it, it wasn't an everydayer. I was a filler inner. I don't even think uh, City Limits was born yet. But See, it just it sounds you so know, I, good. I, yeah. I, I did Limits. laugh when you asked him if he shaves. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and you're, I, you're doubting it as much as I am, no, aren't I'm you? I'm definitely doubting the— He looks like he, he's eight. I'm definitely doubting he can grow a mustache. Yeah, there's no chance I have that. some facial hair Depending right now. Depending on your definition of a mustache. Mark Caballi. Uh, did I already say this? Yeah. Is in studio here for the entire hour. We're going to have a wonderful time. He's astounded that we get the pizza every Wednesday. I know. On I the love dot. It. One of my favorite parts of being here. Ron looked forward to that more than anything else. Like the whole week, he would he would just gird himself, prepare himself for the pizza. Like I, visions of sugar plums were dancing, dancing in, his, in head. his head. Yeah, I don't think he got to sleep the night before. I, I think you should send him a photo of this. Then. Have you talked to him since he left? You're he in his did seat, return by the way. a text message of myself. He uh, likes you a lot. I uh, sent him a, a photo that he probably enjoyed, and he responded to that photo. Did you see the photo of him in the buffalo shirt with the beard? Yes, he sent that I one around. Did I wonder where he got that buffalo shirt? I think the whole Ron Cook Jr. You know the kid who yeah, plays yeah, at yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. Is he still there? Year number ten. He was there for a long time, wasn't he? <laughs> I think he might still be there. Do you play video games? Uh, not since, like, uh, NHL 94. You want to join a college football league with myself, City Limits, and Donnie Football? Not really. What do you mean? Just NCAA football. Like, we'll play a full s- a schedule of games. Are we talking about, like, current NCAA football? Yeah. Isn't it back out, Limits? Yeah, know. this summer. This summer college it's coming out. College football 25. You play than, a 10-game slate? Is there, is there more than, like, three or four buttons? I don't know. I get, I get confused with Yeah, you'll get in practice with it. Malsey might join the league. Plus, nowadays, we can play where I'm at your house, you're at your house, right? Right. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be unbelievable. You don't want to miss this. That's way above my pay grade, as as the boys say in the locker room. How are your kids? Good? 15 and (laughs) 9? Are they? I feel like they're fine. Not uh, 9 and 6, but you're close. Oh, that's right. Mine is 15. Combined, they're 15. Combined, yes. I can't imagine having two running around. Let alone when people have four, five, six, have, or more. I have not heard one word that came out of the TV in six years now. Very, I have to go strictly closed captioning, or you you will not know anything that's said on TV. Are they crazy running around the house, just, jumping on you? They're just like loud. How are your Achilles tendons doing? Well, they're intact. I think surgically repaired, both of them. No, surgically repaired. Neither see, of them. See, the thing what happened was. 
they were tore to the point where it was hanging on by a thread. As long as it was hanging on by a thread, it did not. It can repair itself. It repairs itself. And they told me at my advanced age that it's about a 50-50 chance of uh, re-injuring it if you have surgery or not. So if you're going to pick against surgery, I picked against surgery. But the problem was was the quickness between the one and the, the other. I had 11 weeks. Yeah. So the left one's fine. The right one's still not good because the le- right one was the second one, which I still was recovering from the left one when the white right one went. So, how would you fight a kangaroo if you needed to? We had this story yesterday. There was a kangaroo on the loose in Tampa, Florida, probably not far from Ron, and they had to capture it at a swimming pool. We learned um, yesterday. Fort Myers told us that that the kangaroo packs an unbelievable punch, like 750 pounds behind the punch one punch. Or kick? Both. And the kick packs almost as much. So you don't want to get in a fight with a kangaroo, but it turns out also that the kangaroo is liable to square up and box. So what's your first move if you have a rabid kangaroo on the loose? Mine was he's never expecting a human to kick him back or first. They don't think we can kick. I'd kick him right in the nuts. And if it wasn't a kill shot... Then I'd play dead. What if it was a female kangaroo? Well, that could complicate matters. What would you do first? I would say run, but that wouldn't work. Uh, especially for, def- especially would, for you. <laughs> I would definitely uh, try to play my angles. Yeah. Try to get away from that kick. I'd take a punch over a kick from a kangaroo. <laughs> Can you I definitely would. Cavalli versus a kangaroo, the pay-per-view possibilities just, here. I wonder, you can't even bear hug it because it can... Doesn't it like sit on its tail and just whack you one? That's how it kicks. I, I think it, a sit kick. I think it does. I think it leans back and smacks you. There's got to be like if an alligator chases you, and I've been afraid of that on a golf course. You serpentine. Now they're still going to catch you if they want. Well, they're mostly straight ahead. You know they're, what I'm afraid like, of? Uh, I'm afraid of a giraffe. They're like Jalen Warren. They're sort of straight ahead, one <laughs> one hit backs. If you start like cutting. They can't follow you. You see what giraffes do with that neck? They whip that sucker around. They'll knock your head off. Not before you tie. Like no. a giraffe, I would I would get in and like break its leg. No. Not one what shot. What about a hippo? You know what? A hippo. A I hippo don't think, might be the most violent I, animal alive. I don't alive. think a hippo. I don't think they have any predators. None. Although there could be like I think an alligator or something for little ones. But a full grown hippo, they have nothing but I guess man. What's your strategy against the draft? You're telling me one like, one kamikaze dive at its knee doesn't end the fight right there? Oh, a giraffe's probably like 7,000 pounds. Yeah, but the legs are they have legs like... Uh... I'm telling you. I would not. No. no? What's your move then? Just run away, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <Are> they... <laughs> I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting a, a kangaroo or a <laughs> giraffe. <laughs> you might have to. If you ever find yourself in Florida, things like that tend to happen. Isn't, isn't there like a saying about a bear's too? If it's brown, lay down or something like that? Well, we had a great, yeah. I mean, playing dead is always an option. We had a great topic that I interviewed pirates about a couple, or no, Steelers about a couple years ago. Uh, what was it? The bear, could a bear, if it was just you and a bear on a football field and the bear was coming after you, he was the kick return team, or he was the kickoff coverage team, how far could you get on a kick return? 
So I kick you the ball into the end zone, and I set a bear loose after you at the 50-yard line. Do you get past him? No. That bear can run. An exit. A bear can run faster than any human. You're not outrunning a bear. No, you're not. He runs. That he covers ground faster than Paul Amalo. Like, yeah. Plus, it's like three, four thousand pound bear. But I learned. Wants to eat you. I did a whole column on this, believe it or not, and I called somebody from a zoo, and they told me again, if you make a pro- a proper cut, like a sharp cut, that throws off the bear. Like the bear is going to be on you. If I set him off at the fifty yard line and you catch the ball in the end zone, he'll be on you in a second. But if you make a quick cut, you have a chance. You got a bad Achilles too, though. I know. I couldn't do it. You just being, you'd succumb to the bear, play dead. Yeah, probably. And play dead is always on you. And is always air, fling you around. <laughs> is this uh anything but football with kaboom? Is this like the new segment? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk football, but you're here for the whole hour. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to picture you squaring up with a kangaroo. Uh, how that would a kangaroo. go? Kangaroo. You you I've seen videos of a kangaroo's and. Humans fighting because you see them, they grab their dog, they try to kill the dog. Yeah. And the human well, comes in and punches him and stuff. Does it work? No, until he punches you back. Now, a lot of times the kangaroo would just run away after you punched it. Yeah. These, I mean, these are the videos I saw. That's the thing. He's got two weapons. What He's about, like an what MMA about fighter. the kangaroo grab your cat? Don't I you thought you were going to say something else. If he grabs my cat? Do you have a cat? No, I hate cats. Do you have a dog? Yeah, I love dogs. Okay. What if a kangaroo grabbed your dog? What would you do? I'd you fight, fight till it? the death. Yeah. My my wife, listen to this, City Limits. City Limits, do you have a pet at home? A goldfish. I do, yes. I have a dog. And you love the dog. I love my dog. It's a member of the family. Exactly. My wife asked me the other night at dinner, what would you do or what would we do if someone offered us a billion dollars for Bailey? I'd take it. <laughs> I can't. What? A billion? He's, he's a member of the family. It would be like, what if they offered you a billion dollars for your daughter? I, I can't just, it, it's, it's. He's a member of our family. I understand that, but we're talking a bill, bill, billion dollars. I know. I could probably get that. I'd probably offer you like a hundred grand. You take it. No way. The, the, For a dog. The, the, the notion. How old is the dog? He's not. He's not a dog. He's a person. He could be a person, but we're talking about a lot of money here. I know. Well, I suppose if we weren't making ends meet right now, it'd be a different conversation. But yeah. the, the idea of seeing him leave. I would die right yeah, uh, now. And know, I didn't even like dogs my whole life, City Limits. Uh, I didn't like them at all. You take your animal to these specialty hospitals, and the month they charge you is just crazy because they know you're going to do it. Right? Ex- exactly. It. Exactly. Well, yeah, you got to stay another three three days. It's only going to cost you another nine grand. What are you going to say? Uh, no. I mean, really. You have no choice. Yes. But a billion. I know. That's a lot of money. What, what kind of animal do you think, what dog that Austin City Limits has? Probably a wiener dog. Poodle. What do you have, City Limits? What kind of dog? I have a Shih Tzu. <laughs> 12-year-old Shih Tzu named Muffin. <laughs> you better have a dump button ready next time you mention that, big boy. How old is your Shih Tzu? 12, almost 13. Well, you wouldn't take money for a 13-year-old Shih Tzu? Ah, how much? How much? How much money would it take to take the Shih Tzu away from you? <laughs> None. No money whatsoever. That's the I way would I wanna, feel, I would want to clone my Shih Tzu and, uh, <laughs> like, have another that's, like, one years old. That's two Shih Tzus in one day. Exactly. Yeah, that's, you know. Wow. 
my kid likes to block up the toilet a lot, so maybe I should get him one. <laughs> yeah, you have a kid who blocks the toilet and a Shih Tzu at the same time. <laughs> What's he... its name? I Muffin. Mu- <laughs> That's her name. That's the type of dog, Joe. Uh, you oh know, I have God. no idea what a Shih Tzu looks like. I'm going to have to no? Google it. What does... Mark, I'll send you a picture. What does your Shih Tzu look like? What color is it? White fur, some tan markings. Yeah. Yeah. Very soft. He or she. Very good dog. She's very great. Can she grow a mustache? <laughs> Probably better than I can. <laughs> it's evolved. <laughs> All right. I mean, the alternative here is to talk about the other Sully in town. So I'll ask you that. He's uh, being, I guess, moved to senior offensive assistant Mike Sullivan, which is all good. But what does this mean for the core? Who, who's going to be in Kenny's ear other than Arthur Smith? There's one guy from Atlanta that people were saying was good and one guy that you don't want him to bring. Uh, who's the quarterback's coach? And who who else is going to be in Kenny's ear now, do you think? Probably a little bit of a, all of them. I think the senior offensive assistant is just going to be a a guy that oversees everybody, coaching staff, help Tomlin out some, you know, be his eyes and ears as well. I'm sure he's going to chime in with Kenny try to get him you think there's going to be a transition there between a new quarterback coach and Kenny and those guys sure Sullivan can play middleman right there I mean Sully's a first of all he's a very very well respected very liked guy in that locker room with the players so it makes a ton of sense for him to come back and it makes a ton of sense I mean look look at the success they've had when he took over calling the plays as well so maybe he's some one of a They'll never, they'll never say this, Joe, but maybe he can be somewhat of the passing game coordinator that we're looking for. Yeah, I mean that's probably what he's going to do, but they'll never, they'll never admit that. That puts too much pressure, or it puts a target on him where people like us can say, "Well, the passing game stinks. It must be this passing game coordinator." That's why they don't do it. That's a, that's why they don't announce it. Like Will that. they bring in a quarterback coach? Do you need one they if you have one. Sully? Who? Didn't they bring in Arthur's <clears throat> name? Wait. Rather the guy from San Diego or Los oh, Angeles. Oh, that's right. Yes. What was that guy's name? Uh, I forgot about him. Yeah, they brought him in and they brought in the wide receiver coach from the as I you know I'm struggle with names here, but I think it's Arthur's the guy from the Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're confusing so how, me here, Joe. I know. I well I completely forgot about that guy. It yeah. is rather forgettable, although I don't think uh, Arthur Smith's going to be the guy in charge. I mean, of Kenny. I mean, the quarterback coach is just, you know, the the, the guy that's always in the ears of all the quarterback coach and relays the messages and is the go-between guy between the, the offensive coordinator and and uh, the quarterback. So I think Sully will be part of that transition, but I think Sully's going to be a, a game plan, more specific type of guy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the actual quarterbacks then. Uh, City Limits and I had a little segment where we love it. I heard it. It was like it. Eh. Yeah. Or hate it. And City Limits had about 12 ants. City Limits loves Sam Darnold. You like that idea? Yeah. For what? To be the second guy. Number two guy. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I wouldn't throw him out the door. I mean, if Mason Rudolph doesn't come in here, doesn't come back. Is Ryan Tannehill? Are you just counting? Uh, on it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. I, I I despise the Ryan Tannehill thing. I hate when you say, "Well, he did so. He he played well with Arthur Smith five years ago in Tennessee." 
Yeah, now he's like 36, and he's not very good. I know he had a I know, couple I agree. decent games last year, but All right, then let what me, are we doing here? <clears throat> let me say some names. For $5 million bucks or whatever it would be. Without um, expounding on this, just give me a love it, like it. Do you want to practice the eh? You say I'm not even going to do the. What are we talking about? As the number two, or as the, as the other guy that they bring in? Are we, is this other guy going to be battling Kenny, or just do you? I think Kenny's number one, regardless, right? Why do all these things get complicated? Because City limits. It couldn't be simpler. The Steelers need a second quarterback. They always do. But whether you think he's going to be starter. the starter, whether you think he's going to compete for that, or whether you think he's going to be a clipboard holder like Tannehill, I'm just going to mention a name. Okay, they're going to need. Another quarterback win whatever form. There's nuance here. I, mean, I know. We're talking there about starters. We're talking. Well, I know, but starters, backups, price. There goes my wedding ring. Oh, All right. Geez. Love it, like it, eh, okay. or hate it. As the other guy, Mason Rudolph. Love it. Oh. Okay. We'll Love come. It. We'll come back to these. Mark these down. Okay. City limits. Sounds good. We'll come back and challenge him on these. I don't think he's marking it down. Jimmy G. Hate it. Justin Fields. Hate it. Kirk Cousins. Hate it. Ryan Tannehill. Hate it. Jacoby Brissett. Eh, eh, eh. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, just one of those will okay. do. Sam Darnold. Hate it. Marcus Mariota. Hate it. Gardner Minshew. Uh, like yeah, it. baby. I like, I like I've been a Gardner Minshew fan for a while, so as a number two, not as a starter here. As the other yeah. guy here in yes. whatever form. Tyler Huntley. No, hate it. Drew Locke. Hate it. Joe Flacco. Hate it. Carson Wentz. Hate it. Josh Dobbs. I don't love it. So a little bit below love, a little bit above at. What do we have here? What about Trey go? Lance? Isn't that the new name getting thrown out there? Is there, is there a Trey Lance? Well, Whaley said it today, and Crowley was saying it today. They? They're pulling her out their rear ends. but Well, let's all do that one together then. City limits, you go first. Trey Lance. Eh, I think the upside might be there. No but, expounding. Eh. <laughs> eh. Like it. You like it. Wow. Why don't you, you expand? Not because it's too early for that. What do you think of it? I like him as the three. Love it, like it, and or hate it. Love is a three. What? It's a third guy. No, I don't want him as a backup right now. No. So Try the idea of him being the second quarterback in whatever eh, form. No, no. Okay. No. Let's come back to this again next because I didn't hear this one. Oh, well, I think it's this just is made up, but it's just speculation. But uh, well, but what, what are we, we left to do but speculate? If Mason doesn't come back here, they have to bring in another quarterback. So all to me, every single one of these names is on the table in one form or another. They're all the guys who are available. Mason. All right, I, I want to ask you what percent chance you think Mason will be back here. That's coming up next. This could get very hot here, city limits, couldn't it? Very possible. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. The fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. That last rejoin music was absolutely incrinculent. Keep that one every day you're here, okay? Uh, city limits. More good ones are coming at your request. Steelers have reassigned the former quarterbacks coach and co-offensive coordinator Mike Sullivan now to a senior offensive as assistant. 
And after having a couple of offensive coordinator interviews with the Raiders and Saints, Sullivan is staying with the Steelers. Nolachari is currently practicing with the Penguins out in a regular jersey. He's missed the last six games with a concussion after having a legal check by Winnipeg's Brendan Dillon on a hit that Dillon was suspended for and ejected. Headlines powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. This is another good one, isn't it? Kabali? I don't know who it is. Oh, my God. You're supposed to be of an age where you do know who this is. It's Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I've seen each one of those guys separately. I was drunk in Buffalo uh, watching, well, that could have been a number of nights, but I watched Stephen Stills live at the University of Buffalo in this little tiny arena and that means nothing to you because you don't even know who he is Cros- what am i dealing with here crosby neil and gino you- csn <laughs> you even know who steven stills is don't you city limits no oh my god what See, am i doing this was here really not my uh strike zone here my wheelhouse what did you grow up listening to a lot of you know a lot of 80s hair metal how old are you <laughs> a quiet riot Def Leppard, Guns ah, N' Roses. Now I see. I moved see. On, moved on to the, you know, the flannels. I see a young. It's a Pearl Jam Seattle connection. Yes, I see a young Kabali filled with teenage angst, wearing all black in his room, raging to Def Leppard. Am I right? <laughs> I'm very. I was very Benzy like back then. Am I right about that? City Wanting limits. Wanting to start his own band, his yeah, own rock exactly. band. Exactly. You would have been an incredible drummer. I was very Benzy-like. A a lot of flannel back in the early 90s. I wore a lot of flannel, too. Benzy still. Are you in your 40s still? Uh, Not anymore, but... So we're basically in the same generation. I'm surprised you didn't uh, listen to any of the stuff I listened to. Uh, I wasn't a big 70s music type of guy. Yeah, and definitely not 60s. like Black Sabbath or something like that, yes. When did you have your first beer? I think... uh, well, my Five? my dad always had a one of those beer cooler things at home. So, what do you know, mean? You know, not a beer meister in the yeah, fridge. It was, it was in the a kitchen. tap, a constant tap. <laughs> yeah, it's like in, in the kitchen at home. What a gigantic move by him! And he'd come home. He'd work midnight, so it'd be like nine o'clock in the morning. And I'd always have to pour him the the beer. Wow! So you'd sneak a couple stonies right then. You know, you could buy the old keg and tap it. Were you still in diapers? Not then. But then I went to my buddy's house one time, I mean, probably early oh, ninth grade or so, watching the Christmas story, and we snuck a couple. <laughs> watching That's the Christmas great. story. <laughs> what a detail. <laughs> Details make the story. We used to go to Pete Nussbaum's house and uh, during school. like It was like being in college. You could leave campus. Could you do that in high school? No. no. I did. But I mean, we were free. If you had a free period, we're off. Who knows where? No. no place good. Sometimes to Pete Nussbaum's house. And, uh, Pete Nussbaum. you know, we'd drink his dad's old granddad and put water in it to make it look like we didn't. Old granddad. Yeah. All That's hell not, broke uh, loose. The three wise men, huh? Yeah. Anyway. What's this guy's name again? Pete Mandenbaum. Pete Nussbaum. One of the great love stories of all time. He was in love with Ann Kane in high school. They were in love with each other, and then they went their separate ways. They each had 
lives, one out west, one in New York City, one in L.A., and they reconnected through Facebook a few years back. One of them was divorced, one was single, and now they have a happy life together out on the West Coast. I think a lot of people have done that with high school. That's like a phenomenon that came with social media, was people reconnecting with high school flames. Do you agree with that? I think it's a fact. There's nothing to agree with, but it has happened. What do you think oh, of that? Oh, sure it's happened. I mean, the uh, age of social media and text messaging makes uh, approaching a lady friend a little easier nowadays. That was one of the first benefits for me. Yes. Susie, who I'm married to now, I got to ask out by email when it first came <laughs> aboard in the early, like, 2001 or so. Homing, homer, what was they called? Homing pigeon. I said, well, do you want to go out to lunch with me tomorrow? And I knew, and the, the, the idea of not having another in-person rejection was very appealing to me. Plus, you have The to- only thing she can do is say no or make up the usual excuses they all did. Or don't answer the email. Yeah, and I don't have the in-person humiliation of another no. Yes, I mean, plus but- the, the, the fact of you have to go through the yellow pages, think you know where the dad's name is or where they live at, then call up blindly. Right. X, X there? Who's this? It's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh I forgot about that until <laughs> you just mentioned Awful, it. That is huh? the way it used to be. Awful. Who's this? <laughs> you know, Ron had uh, a lot of opportunities. Well, he had almost zero opportunities, but one with, with was with a, a girl named Gretchen in high school. And... I Cook. think he took her back to her house after a concert or something, and she puked on the front porch. Wrong cook. It's the famous Retchen for Gretchen episode. <laughs> well, Did not, you ever hear about not, that? That's not a good sign if you take her home and she pukes on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a good sign. That's usually you might want to move on. I think he did, but he had more rejections than Minute Bull. I don't know. Now he's wearing Speedos in Fort Myers. I know. I think he's going to find love there. Do you? <laughs> I really do. I think he's already has. I think Ron looks free good free for, light. for a guy his age. I don't even know how old it's wrong. 67, 68? I have no idea. You're probably in the ballpark. And uh, I think he looks great for his age. And he's a happier man now. He saw the weight of the world lift off his shoulders the minute he got oh, away Ron, from me. Ron was a miserable guy, you know, 10 years ago. So I've seen a changing him over the past. Do you think I had something to do with that? Some people do, of lightening Could up be. Ron over the years. I mean, Because I saw Ron him every was day. was a very, very miserable person when I first got into the business. And he's lightened, he lightened up to the part of being a semi-normal human being. <laughs> Which is what we all should aspire to. <laughs> semi-normal. Semi-charmed. I'm happy for him. He woke up today in an 80-degree environment with free beer, I know he, he already knows people around there, so he's going to eat and drink for free <laughs> until the day he dies. And I think true love is just around the corner because there's going to be think, women in his you, situation. you think he found his Dominicos yet down there? Yes, of course. Definitely. Within walking distance, he's going to have – and I, I didn't know the extent of the Dominicos connection until I, I'd never been there until his final night. It was like cheers. There's a, a, a little crowd there, each person with a, their own distinct, like, persona. It was amazing, and it was Ron with a group of, like, I don't know, 12 people who hang out there all the time. He came out, this was his last night, with um, little bottles of alcohol. What do you call those little things? 
The hand that used to hand out on shooters? airplanes? Little, little yeah, shooters, I guess. But they were bottles, not just shots in a glass. He handed them out to everybody, and everybody made toasts for Ron. And he cried like a baby. It was like Norm on Cheers. It was. He, it, it was like Cheers. Then he put the rest of them in his pocket. And- <laughs> <laughs> Took them on the plane or in the car. Um, and we made a, somebody made a quilt for Ron, and we all signed it. It was quilt, amazing. Quilt? Yeah. I'm more of an Afghan guy, but. <laughs> When's the last time you cried at a movie? You definitely cried at Rudy. No. Mark Caballi, by the way, in I'm here. I'm just trying to think here. I'm sure I have. Do you ever? Have you ever cried once in your life? Oh. Other than funerals? Almost when I tore my Achilles when I was talking to Other Connor than Hayward. physical pain and funerals, do you have, oh, em- do you have emotions? Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm you no- strike me as borderline was- sociopathic. <laughs> Which is a compliment in some ways. Oh. But do you feel anything? What do you mean I feel anything? I'm an emotional man. There's no way. Is is that true? Come on. When, you're, when your daughter was born, weren't you a little emotional? That, yeah. Like I mean, that? there's obvious things. I'm talking you're sitting there watching, you know, an episode of Seinfeld and something happened. Maybe not Seinfeld. Maybe- uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, you know was, the movie. You know what was sad was- uh, Saving Private Ryan when the old coot went back to uh, the grave of oh, all the people. Oh, yes. He, yeah, it was pretty So sad. you'll get a little misty-eyed. Well, maybe not misty-eyed because I saw it a hundred times. Well, how do you know you're having emotion then? What happens? Oh, I mean, I'd have to see it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some. I, I just can't think of one right now. I mean, I, I was watching the Dynasty with New England Patriots and got a little misty-eyed right there. <laughs> For the Steelers' sake? <laughs> no, you know what? The, they really teased me on this one. Is that a good show? Uh, and they, how do you get it? Well, what are you you're, you're paying for Peacock or no, what's it on? It was Apple, Apple TV, Apple. but you get a seven day free trial. Come on, I'm cheap as Ron. So I I hooked I signed up for it thinking I could get this whole series. They only released two episodes. The other two another two episodes are dropping on Friday, and it's right when they were going to play the Steelers in the AFC Championship game in oh, 01. Tell me the best part you've seen because the clips are unbelievable. Uh, how much they hated each other by well, the end. They, they haven't stood even gotten to, to that point yet in the show. There's only two episodes. So they're going to expect me to spend 10 bucks a month. Just oh, wait. To keep the, this around. So you don't. You, oh, I see what they're doing. Seven day free trial. But I, I, I'll be able to get this Friday's episodes. Yeah. And I'll dump it after that. I'm a cheap SOB. Yeah. Well, you and Ron share that. Um, let's go back to the quarterbacks. City Limits, did you write down his reaction to all those quarterbacks? I have as many as I have as I can, at least. He went very quickly. So You wanted to do Trey Lance, amount. didn't you? No, oh, yeah. The Steelers' other quarterback next season. It was a love it, like it, eh, or hate it. Mason Rudolph, Jimmy G, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, Gardner Minshew, Tyler Huntley, Drew Locke, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz, Josh Dobbs. And we didn't get to Trey Lance, or we did. I said I like it. I still, the guy's never really gotten a chance. I'm intrigued by that. Third overall pick. There was somebody else who never got a chance either. He's number two. And once he got the chance, he led the Steelers to the playoffs. And named Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. That's your that's your preference of the, all I mean, those guys. You know why? Because no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not. I literally, I'm just asking. And we talked about this Sunday on the Pomp Show, as I call it. Yeah. I think Kenny really needs legit competition. Legitimate competition. Not one of these phony things. 
And I think like no Tannehill. Matter, yes, it's phony, totally phony. Or if it's filled, you might as well just tell Kenny to hit the bricks because he's done, right? Yeah. So I need. I think you need to bring somebody in to really push Kenny to. Not saying that he needs push, but I want to see how he reacts to something like this. Where, okay, you bring in Gardner Minshew. You got no loyalty to him. You don't know what he can do. Mason, we already went with you over Kenny. In the back of your head, no matter what Tomlin or Art Rooney or Omar Khan says, in the back of his head, he's going to think, if I don't get this done, you know, they're going to bring this guy in here. I want to see that. Because, you know, this is a important – this is the NFL. Yeah. There's going to be important situations down the stretch where he's going to have to make critical plays and critical decisions and overcome things. And if he can't overcome Mason Rudolph potentially pushing him, then I don't want him. So I that want, all sounds I want like sound reasoning. I'm not convinced that the Steelers want to ignite that. And the reason why that's more of a controversy than bringing in, oh, my God, we never mentioned Russell Wilson. Good. We never mentioned that that Chad Ochocinco had a little birdie tell him that it will be Russell Wilson. Good. I'm glad that you're in front of me. Tell me why you hate Russell Wilson so much. But first, let me go through some of his games from last year. And let me tell you that, A, he would come here for nothing. B, what if Russell Wilson can't find a team? Like, what What if nobody wants him as their starter? He had 26 touchdowns against eight picks. And let me tell you that he beat in order. Let me get the order here. He beat Green Bay, Kansas City, at Buffalo, Minnesota, and Cleveland in order with nine touchdowns and zero interceptions he looked like he can still move around to me. You might not want him, and I understand that. But why the initial, you know, hatred for that idea? Why? Well, I don't think he's that good. I think he's had. I think he's been done for three to four years now. Um, number two is I've heard many of things as a guy that you don't want in that locker room, and I've heard that for years and years and years. But since he was winning, it not really came to the forefront there. I don't want that type of guy in there. And if you're Russell Wilson, and if nobody wants you at the starter starter right now, guess what happens week one? Somebody's going to get hurt. You know, if it's Aaron Rodgers again, if it's whoever, insert decent quarterback's name, who comes moseying right on in Russell Wilson? Well, maybe Russell Wilson is a guy who, at this point in his career, would take, would come in, and say, "Listen, I'm the veteran backup. Things don't go well. He gets hurt. I'm ready to play. I want to play for Mike Tomlin. All a lot of guys in the league seem to, right? He's always at the top of those polls. And if another team doesn't want him, you say three or four years. I don't think in 2020, this dude had 40 touchdown passes and 13 picks. Then he comes back with 25 and You're six. Looking stats. See, as, as 40 the, and 13, as, 40 as, touchdowns. As the great Craig Wolfley once said, I don't look at analytics. I look at ialytics. Well, he was also 12 and four that, that year. So how's that for your ialytics? I'm not a big, if I'm going that route of a veteran backup, give me Tannehill. Just give me Tannehill. Um, see, uh-oh. limits. Uh-oh. Why are you, why are you turning to limits? You're, I want his opinion here. Limits is too worried about his shih tzu. We learned today Muffin. that, yeah, Muffin. City Limits has a Shih Tzu named Muffin. <laughs> Who named it? Well, my dad had a Shih Tzu named Muffin um, beforehand, like in the 90s. That's, yeah. That's so very strange. It was Muffin the Second. 
So we just muffin carried down the name. A little Shih Tzu, right? Yes. So if you get another Shih Tzu, it'll be Muffin again. I don't know. Let's not think that far ahead, Mark. Let's stay in so the So there moment. might be a Muffin the third? Let's worry about Muffin the second. We have How a old is she? Does she, have, does she married? No, not married. Is it Muffin the second or Muffin Jr.? Just Same, Muffin. Just, just Muffin. No second. Muffin How Elizabeth. How old is she? Is she still capable? She's 12. Of, oh, it's probably too late then, right? Yeah, no Muffin Juniors. There's, so there's a lot of uh, pet how can I say this? Pet spray, urine be gone in, in the in the old city limits household right now. Did anybody ever try to court her <laughs> from the neighborhood? No. Never had eh. a boyfriend, even. It's been the neighbors have tried. There's another Shih Tzu that lives right next door. That would have been a lot of Shih Tzu. I know, a lot. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> One I Shih Tzu is enough. That. I completely understand that. Well, maybe, um, maybe you should get his Shih Tzu with your, what kind of dog you have. Cavalier. That's right. Go. Bailey. He's single. Although his girlfriend up the street is Luna. He's very <laughs> attached to her. No, he's no longer capable of that either. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. That was a rough day. He had to walk around with that little <laughs> halo of shame around his neck for <laughs> a day. Oh, the cone. Yeah, the, the cone, cone of, of shame. shame. Yeah. My dog once did that and he broke it. He smacked it on the pavement and broke it. He did? I came home with a head it was smacked. It was, it was broke. I'm like, what happened? He drilled it off the ground enough to it broke. Well, I think your Russell Wilson uh, vitriol is misplaced. I don't like Russell Wilson. Give me Mason or give me death. I mean, no, give me Mason. <laughs> you said Gardner <laughs> Minshew. You well, and I, I are both Gardner Minshew fans. If I put him in order who I'd want, it'd be Mason number one, Minshew number two. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember who else I said. I think a Trey Lance is the third teamer. City limits and his Shih Tzu over there. Doesn't think much of Gardner Minshew. He doesn't like Gardner Minshew. I think he's just average, wow. just okay. As a backup, he's probably fine. Yeah, have you have you seen these quarterbacks? Yes, a lot of them. You know who else he was aren't very good. You know, you know who uh, who else City Limits was really high on? Who's that? Sam Darnold. Sammy Darnold. Yeah, he jumped out of his seat at the thought of that. Put him in the right spot. I think if he starts at San Francisco, he wins the right a lot spot of games. is the Arena League. I think for him. <laughs> You, must, you like him? I I think I, he was decent in college, but that's all went the crap in the pros. All I can say about Gardner Minshew, 59 touchdowns against 24 picks, and he had a winning record for the Colts last year. Plus he played with the Eagles under Andy Weidel. Come on. He can move around. That, the, all right, I'm going to ask you this. You think that you think that it's going to be Rudolph, and then it sounds like you think their next pick would be Tannehill. Who would be their third pick? The Steelers' third pick. Yeah, if if Rudolph signs and let's say the Tannehill thing falls wow. through, or if it wasn't ever in the cards in the first place, that's a tough one. There, you're scrambling there. Uh, Minshew, I say it's going to be Brissett. That very well could be. He's played some good games against. What them. is he? Is he thirty-one, thirty-two? Yeah, I like him. He's got similar numbers to Minshew. Like he's got really impressive numbers. I overall. would probably. Except for his I one mean, loss. I would probably. I wouldn't be against kicking the tires on Dobbs at that point. Mm. Dobbs very smart. He can help out Kenny. Yeah, is that what third, you're looking as, for as a third guy? Brissett has fifty-one touchdowns and twenty-three picks. I know they're just stats. They're not analytics. But when I watch him <laughs> you play, you want Carson Wentz in there? Carson Wentz is not a well-liked individual. Apparently, he went to Indy, and, and for some reason, that crazy owner just dumped him after a year. I know. 
That was uh, interesting. Guess what, though? Since he left Philly, City Limits and I figured out he has 40 touchdowns and 17 picks. I'm not, I'm not, now those are misleading numbers. bringing everybody, all the North Dakota guys. What if they had a tryout like they did for kicker one year when they brought in Jeff Reed, who was literally a rock farmer in North Carolina, and he won the competition. They should bring in every one of these guys and have like an open competition. If they did, listen, if they sold tickets to a weekend competition that involved Rudolph, Jimmy G, Justin Fields, Tannehill, Brissett, Darnold, Mariota, Minshew, Flacco, Wentz, Dobbs, and Trey Lance, do they sell out the building? Dollar a ticket or get in for free? Do they get 50000 I say yes. I think get 50000 at, you know. 60 those, they, they used to fill out those uh, pre those off-season basketball games at Clareton High School or wherever. With the Steelers basketball team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just put, slap Steelers on there and have a chance to sign an autograph and people were there. I think they fill their football stadium for that. If it's an open competition. Thank you, Kaboom. We have to get to Gormy the Owl. You're cutting into his time. Uh, Gormy knows. Have him, have him wait 15 minutes like you normally make me wait. I told Gormy 105. Oh, just at in least, case. No yeah, chance. It looks like at least that. No chance. This was fun, man. Let's do this. Uh, I, I'm thinking of Fridays with DeFabo. What about Wednesdays with Kabali? We do this every Wednesday. We won't do as much kangaroo talk. <laughs> We'll stay away from all the shih tzus. Shih tzus and kangaroos. Everything with ends with an O. Ooh. Were you good with that? Or oh, no? We're going to Indianapolis next week, so I won't be around. I'm I'd not like coming to back call you Thursday. Like, yeah. Oh, we could always do I it will Thursday. leave Sunday and come back Thursday uh, with. Uh, what I'm not hearing is yes. This sounds like me asking Bob to play golf. It beating around the bush. No, you, are you willing to come in from I'm, time to time? I can't commit, but I can uh, give you uh, a wink and a nod, maybe. He's not committal. Wow. I this gave hurts. I gave him a Morty yesterday and he didn't even respond. He doesn't want to go on a date with you next weekend. Oh my next god! Week. He might have to email me. I think I forgot <laughs> yeah. about Ryan Wilson today. and not answer. What? Did you blow him off? Accidentally. <laughs> Ryan Wilson was today. I thought. Now yeah, I'll check on that now. Thank you, Kaboom. <laughs> All right. See you, man. Fifty minute mark on the fan. Brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Gormy the Al, Kevin Gorman. From the Trib, he's in Bradenton. There's a lot going on in Bradenton. Let's talk about the futures of the immediate futures of Henry Davis, Paul Skeens, etc. I'm curious about some of the position battles going on. Talk to Kevin Gorman next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 57 today with sunny skies throughout and a low tonight of 26. Going to rain 80% chance anyway. Tomorrow. Let's go out to Bradenton, Florida. We seem to go there a lot these days where we find the Trib's Kevin Gorman, whom I have known for decades now. I'm a little bit better of a basketball player than him, or I used to be. Hello, Gormy. How are you? Hi, Joe. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, man, I have a lot of questions. What's happening down here? First, I want to know what you've what you've observed with O'Neal Cruz. I feel like in some ways he's he's the key to the season. I know there's a lot of other questions and keys, but 
man, he needs to be great. Is he moving around the same way where if you watched him, you wouldn't know he was ever injured? I don't know if I can say that, Joe, but he's moving around well. I don't see any obvious signs of the injury. I don't see any limp. I don't see any, um, you know, any inability to get some balls in the infield. You know, the first day we were watching him very closely, the first day of full squad workouts, and, you know, he wasn't sharp. But there, that, I think some of that's rust. And, and I, I say this in fairness, you know, some of the balls that he was missing, he, Brian Hayes was missing balls. I and mean, this is, this was the day after a complete downpour on, um, on Sunday, just rained all day and they were practicing on a turf field. So it, it might've just been, you know, guys kind of working out some kinks, but he looks noticeably stronger, more muscular. Uh, that's a good thing for the pirates. And I don't think there's as much concern with O'Neill's ability and dexterity um, in terms of playing shortstop as maybe there is with him running the bases and sliding. I think those were the two tests that the pirates were most concerned with uh, in this off season. They, they had some videos that they were sending from the Dominican Republic to pirates manager, Derek Shelton. And he saw him, you know, running the bases. He saw him sliding, but that's where O'Neill expressed that there were some trust issues that he had to overcome was, you know, trusting that that ankle could handle sharp turns and, and that he would not panic like he did when he was injured on the slide and home plate against the White Sox on April 9th. So I would imagine this early in camp, you haven't seen him at full sprint in any situation. Have you like legging out a no. triple or something? No, I think we'll see that probably this weekend. Uh, hopefully this weekend when they start playing games on Saturday and Sunday, um, you know, that hopefully we'll get a chance to see, you know, the real, the real O'Neill Cruz in, in, in every facet. The two main questions other than that for me are, when do we see Paul Skeens and have you seen him close up yet throwing the ball? Yes, I've actually watched him uh, throw the ball a few times, once in a bullpen session, uh, and then today throwing live batting practice. And, you know, you, you hear people talk about how the ball comes out of his hand heavy and about how, you know, obviously he throws with very high velocity, a guy who touches triple digits with little effort. Uh, what I saw today sitting behind the batting cage and, and videoing it, which I have a, a tweet of him throwing a live BP, I, I saw it against Nick Gonzalez. I, I tweeted about him. I tweeted a video of him uh, pitching to Joshua Palacios, but I saw the movement. And when you're seeing the high velocity come in and then the movement at the end of the, you know, at the end of the pitch that's crossing the plate, you just see how dangerous the guy becomes. And the other thing is when you see him in person, and this is, it's not just limited to Paul Skeens, but for a guy who's 21 years old to see this, when you see him in person and, and you stand next to him, you see just how big he is. And then you see that extension coming down the mound. I mean, they got, we're talking about a guy six, six and a half, 250 pounds and still has room to fill out physically in his upper body. Um, this is a guy who's an imposing presence and is certainly going to be one on the mound. And I really just think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, Pirates fans practicing a little bit of patience, which is, you know, kind of like a four letter word to them. Uh, but this is a guy who simply needs to, work on pitching every five days after being a Friday night starter in college and has to work on using all five of his pitches in his repertoire because he really didn't have to throw much other than, you know, his, his fastball and slider in college. In fact, I asked one of his minor league coaches last year about his changeup. And he said, the problem with his changeup at LSU 
was that it was bat speed level for college hitters. It was almost giving them a break. Mm. So these are just these are just pitches he hasn't used because he hasn't needed them. And, and, and I think that's what we're going to see. What are we going to see with Henry Davis? That's the other big question here. Uh, a couple people I've spoken with have actually been impressed with his catching, such as you can tell so far into spring training. What's going to happen with this guy? What do you think the plan is? Do you think they're really open to anything with him? Well, I mean, they're certainly talking about giving him a realistic shot at winning one of the two catcher spots. And they've already said that Yasmani Grandal, the free agent who was signed, um, who's a 12-year veteran and two-time All-Star, is going to be one of the catchers. They did not ordain him the starter like maybe they did with Austin Hedges last year and Roberto Perez the year before. But they said that Grandal is going to be one of the two. So it's a, it's a matter of Davis competing most likely it's a two-man competition, even though there's others involved with Jason DeLay, who was the backup last year. I think Henry spent so much time working on catching this offseason. Uh, that's the same as every offseason, but I think the concentration was, hey, you have a realistic shot of being, you know, at worst, the backup catcher. Um, I think we need to see how he handles, and I, and I think Henry Davis will tell us whether he's ready or not, or, or more so show us whether, whether he's ready or not. You know, if, if he's handling the pitches and if he's handling – the ball's in the dirt. If he's blocking pitches, if he's framing pitches, you can see that this is a guy who's worked on his receiving, but he was considered raw. Um, but if, if balls are getting past him and he's struggling in the spring, then that'll tell us everything we need to know. I've seen some people mention that he might start the season in AAA. I don't really see that as a realistic option. I think at worst, Henry Davis will be a guy who plays right field. Um, you know, maybe that serves as a designated hitter when they need Andrew McCutcheon to take a day off here and there and can also play, be your emergency catcher or be a guy who catches once a week. Uh, but I, I don't see him, you know, they brought him up last year for his bat. And I don't think the bat has gotten any worse uh, with the concentration on the defensive end of things. So I, I, I see him as being on the opening day roster. But, uh, you know, Henry Davis will dictate that uh, with his play this spring. Kevin Gorman, live from Bradenton. He's on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline. Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And social media's biggest loser, Malsey, brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at one at awaken180weightloss.com. All right, Gormy. Uh, how about Nick Gonzalez? That's another high draft pick that I'm beginning to wonder about. What's, uh, what's his role going to be? What's he battling for? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's battling for the starting second base job, and he's got a lot of competition. I actually spoke with Nick this morning about it. And this is a guy who understands that, you know, there's some eyes on him because he was Ben Charrington's first draft pick, signed for a big bonus, and, and is a guy who was known for his bat. Um, you know, obviously, he, the guy he's competing with most, you know, most likely is Leo Verpaguero, who's also his best friend in the organization, his former double play partner. Mm. So those guys came up through the ranks together, which is interesting. But he's also got, you know, Jiwan Bay, who was the opening day starter at second base last year. I think the Pirates would probably prefer to have him in center field because of his speed, but he can play both positions. Um, and then you have Jared Triola, who can play at seemingly any position, but certainly first, second, and third in the infield. Uh, is, is has experience in the minors at short and at center field. So I could see Triolo being kind of a super utility guy, especially with the way he played over the final month plus of the season last year. But Gonzalez, you know, it's not just those guys that he's competing with. 
But you have, you know, the 2022 first-round pick in Tamar Johnson, who's only 19 years old, is going to start the season in minors. But there's some people saying, like, hey, there's already rumblings that this is a guy who's talented enough that if he has a good season, maybe starts the season double-A and bumps up to triple-A and could finish the season in September playing for the Pirates. So there is no room for comfort for a guy like Nick Gonzalez. Uh, Last year, the concentration was much more on his uh, defense, that he could play second and short and play even a little bit of third last spring. This year, it's much more on kind of getting his back that back to where he was considered college baseball's best hitter when he was in his junior year at New Mexico State because the Pirates have invested in all of these guys. Bay was an international signing as a free agent. Piguero was the, recip- you know, the, the receiving end on the Starling Marte trade, and Gonzalez was Ben Charrington's first uh, first-round pick. So, you know, the, the Pirates the Pirates want these guys to succeed, but you know, in, in this case, it may come at some of their you know teammates and close friends' expense. So, in your travels there so far, Kevin, what has jumped out to you that's a little bit off the beaten path? Maybe a guy that you didn't know about that we don't know about who's really talented. Maybe something you saw in a drill. Anything that's jumped out to you really opened your eyes. You know that Aroldis Chapman throws 100 miles an hour or averages, I think he sits around 99 on his four-seamer. You know that he's 6'4", 235. When you see this man in person walking (laughs) through the clubhouse, he is an absolute giant. I mean, he is 6'4", 235, and absolutely chiseled. Um, It's hard to believe he's, what, 35, 36, 37 years old, whatever he is, the, the physical stature. To see him and to see Paul Skeens and to see O'Neill Cruz walking around the clubhouse, guys that are all somewhere between 6'4 and 6'7. Uh, this is a team that has players that looked the part. And there's years past where you couldn't say that. You know, Brian Reynolds is a physical specimen. Andrew McCutcheon, you know, came in looking very athletic and muscular. You know, th- this is a team that has guys, finally, that when you see that lineup, those guys step out there. They look like they have baseball players. They look like they have potential all-stars. I don't know if that means this is a team that is built to contend. I don't know if this is a team that is playoff ready, but it certainly has a different look, at least the physical stature and presence of the Pirates. And some of the guys that were considered young guys just a year or two ago are now some of the veterans, like, you know, Brian Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes um, and Mitch Keller. You know, I mean, Mitch Keller is another guy I, I saw him in his first live batting practice, and he looked sharp. You know, you, you don't see guys look that sharp this early in camp, and Mitch looks like he's ready to go. This, this team has a different look. Whether that translates to winning, I can't predict that, but I can tell you that this team looks different than it did in spring trainings in years past. Do you get the distinct impression, as others do, that Ben Charrington still wants to add at least one proven starting pitcher? No question. I mean, he's been talking about it for a long time. Um, You know, there's been talks about Edward Cabrera for the Miami Marlins. I I don't know that they're zeroed in on him, just him. But um, I'm I'm curious, given the the amount of depth that they have in the middle infield, at second base especially with, you know, Bay, Peguero, Gonzalez, and Triolo. Uh, and then amount of starting, you know, I think they have something like seven of their top 10 prospects in the minors are starting pitchers, that this is a team that can afford to swing the prospects in young players 
for a starting pitcher type deal. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, the free agent market hasn't quite played itself out yet. So there might be some teams that, um, you know, that are willing to trade after that plays out and, and see if the asking prices can, can go up once, you know, everybody's out of the Blake Snell market. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I'm surprised they have it. I, I think that's the one thing that people would feel better about is if, you know, if you go beyond Mitch Keller, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez, and you add one more veteran starter, that gives – Quinn Priester, Luis Ortiz, and Ronzi Contreras, and uh, Bailey Falter, if you want to include him. That gives, that gives some more leverage to have some depth in the minors and to have you know, some guys that could turn into long relievers because you, you know that this year that they have Jared Jones and they have Paul Skeens waiting in the wings, and you have young guys like Bubba Chandler and Anthony Solomedo that starting pitching isn't going to be as big of an issue next year and the year after it is, as it is right now. But right now, I don't know that the Pirates have enough to, to really have a strong starting rotation. But I'll, I'll hedge here and say, I think this rotation, no matter who's in it, might be better than last year's starting rotation when you consider that it was a Keller that we didn't really know what we had with him, where he's now an all-star, followed by Rich Hill, who was 42 years old. Vince Velasquez is a guy who's been DFA'd a couple times and dealt with some arm issues. And you had Ronzi Contreras and Johan Oviedo, who was kind of a last-minute addition when JT Brubaker went down with TJ surgery. So I feel like they're, they're starting pitching could be better than it was last year. But uh, last year, it was great for the first month when they had, what, uh, 18 quality starts out of the first 28. But then after that, you know, it became a serious concern. And, and the greater depth you have, the better chances you are uh, able to overcome injuries or ineffectiveness. Gormy, I appreciate you taking the time down there, enjoying your coverage. Let's talk again soon, okay? Hey, Joe, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, my friend. There he is. Kevin Gorman, Gormy the Owl, as he's affectionately known. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And that's pertinent right now because Tech's in the city, which was saved yesterday by Fort Myers, is coming back for another round today. And do you have some good ones back there, City Limits? We do have some pretty good ones yeah. today. All it takes is a text with a hot take in your name. No questions, no anonymous texts. Just just have a hot take. That's it. And the listeners then, brought it today. Did they? They also don't like that we said that uh, Austin City Limits is in Nashville instead of Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Yeah, because, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's easy that. to have brain farts. Well, you're blaming me. You're the one who said it was in Nashville. I'm blaming myself. Yes. Um, I was trying to get us, I was trying to involve me with you, but then it went too far. Anyway, yeah, you've got a lot of good texts here and it's going to be a rousing session of that maybe a couple jerry dulac uh questions from his chat today for instance harry callis weighed in jerry are you convinced mike tallman really wants mason rudolph back after the multiple times he's buried him on the depth chart i'll tell you what jerry said to that and text in the city next uh first the time right now is 126 time to call shenderovich shenderovich and fishman why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. Let's talk a little NBA for FanDuel, shall we? Because I'm really looking forward tomorrow night to Lakers-Warriors. You're going to have two rested stars in Steph and LeBron. And the last time they played, did they combine for nearly 100 points, I think? This time's going to be just as good. I'd go over with both them on points. Anyway, get buckets with your first bet 
on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Starkey and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21-plus, present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Pirates' first spring training game is on Saturday. You can listen to it right here on 93.7 The Fan. 105 against the Minnesota Twins. Then stick around for Pitt basketball against Virginia Tech at 5.30. Our coverage right here on The Fan begins at 5 o'clock, and you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. Do you know this song? That's why we pay you the big money, City Limits. That's why. This is a great wedding song. Crank it up for a minute, will you? We don't know the words. We just hum it. Sing that part, City Limits. Let my love open the door. Thank you, Pete. What a great song. It's What's Cooking, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. Thank you, Mr. Rooter. Very kindly. Call 412-Rooter2, also brought to you by your local Geico rep, Tim Hester. Oh, thank you, Mr. Hester. Very kindly. The 50-minute mark on the fan coming up, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge, Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. So... We have texts in the city coming up, but first, I promise you the answer to a couple of uh, questions in the Jerry Dulac chat. One from Harry Callis. Jerry, are you convinced Mike Tomlin really wants Mason Rudolph back after the multiple times he's buried him on the depth chart? Jerry, really good question by Uh, Harry Callis. Good job, Harry. Right? Harry put in a little overtime today and asked a question in the mailbag. Um... I'm not convinced the Steelers want Rudolph back at all for the reasons I've mentioned. It's a ready-made broiler of a quarterback controversy, and I'm not sure they want to invite that. I think, and and I also am not sure that they, even the people who think Rudolph might be the better choice here, probably don't think that Rudolph is the guy who's going to take them places where they want to go in the long run. So what what's the point here? They can go out and bring in a Ryan Tannehill or a Jacoby Brissett or somebody like that, a Gardner Minshew, and do the same thing, maybe even upgrade a little. And and bottom line is, I'm convinced they want to give Kenny one more shot, and they want to do it unencumbered. I don't think they want real competition for him. I'd love to be surprised. I think they want a caretaker backup who can come in if he fails or gets hurt. That's what I think. What say you, City Limits? Yeah, I think so. They're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. And, I mean, I don't know if the Steelers have really necessarily thought in their minds that Kenny Pickett has gotten the fairest shake with Canada, injuries, all kind of other things, that if he doesn't prove it this year, 
Okay, that's it. We move on. How about this little barn burner? Sarah J asks, Jerry, your colleagues at the PG said they don't think a Deontay Johnson extension is likely. If that's the case, why not trade him this offseason? Jerry says, I tend to agree. I've been saying that for a while, that this is the perfect offseason to trade Deontay. Man, you can get receivers anywhere and everywhere in the draft. People do it all the time. That's a very big cap hit for not a ton of production. I thought he played better at the end of the year, but that turned out to be a bad contract, right? What if you get a second-round pick for Deontay Johnson that you can go and trade to Chicago for Justin Fields as a part of that type of package? Now you're talking. Now you're talking, City Limits. Sign Tyler Boyd to be a slot receiver. Again, that's why we pay you the big bucks. Now, Jerry, somebody asked about uh, Tyler Boyd. He said, I don't think Tyler Boyd for Deontay is a fe- is is an equal swap. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. The question from Sarah J is drawing some response from people. Yeah. I mean, people can have the same names as people in other industries, right? To me, this is just a normal person <laughs> texting in. Um Linebacker Lounge says, Jerry, you seem to be a big supporter of 88. Do you have do you have no concern of his reliability when considering a new contract? Talking about Fryermuth, of course. Jerry says, I am a big backer. And if you're referring to his reliability in terms of injuries, I don't have any concern. Do you like that one? Yeah, I, I like Fryermuth and all that we've been told about Arthur Smith, whether it be from people in Atlanta and people from Tennessee on this very show, is that he likes to utilize tight ends. So it should be a feast type of year. And if it's a famine type of year, Fryermuth's probably gone. Yeah, I don't know how much money I want to pay him. I feel like I can get a tight end, too. I feel like at his best, he's sort of, uh, you know, new age type of tight end who can get down the field a little bit. Seems like a reliable receiver, but he's not much of a blocker. I'm a little lukewarm on him and that whole draft pick when it could have been Creed Humphrey. Anyway, John says, hi, Jerry. And I like the salutation, don't you? City limits. It's very polite. and Very friendly. Do you still send handwritten notes to people? I I think the last time I did was my college graduation and I sent written notes to people. I think you should do it. You should do it more often when you get interviews and things like that. I like to send texts, email responses. No. No. Handwritten notes? Yeah, they're the key. Okay. A lot of people, especially, you know, people 15, 20, and more years older than you, really appreciate that city limits. It's a good suggestion. As you try to work your way up in the world. Appreciate it. You're welcome. This guy says, what year will the Steelers win their next playoff game? Jerry says 2024. Next year, this year? Do you agree with that, City Limits? Um, I got to see consistent play from Kenny Pickett if that's going to be the case or where the Steelers are even going to be That situated. was a yes or no question. I'll say yes. Just one. What? Just one game. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm usually an optimistic kind of guy. You know, now thinking about their schedule, it's going to be difficult, very difficult compared to this year's schedule, which was relatively easy. That's one of the things. Yes, it's a very, very different kind of schedule than the last two years, potentially. Now, they've gotten some luck with with other teams' quarterbacks getting injured. But I think that's going to get tougher. They have the extra game on the road, I believe, instead of at home this year. Am I right about that? Yes. Yes, I am. And then I see... You know, if these quarterbacks stay healthy, Josh Allen is not going to sit home for the playoffs. I know he almost did this year. I know he did. But in the end, the Bills were plus 140 
with a five-game winning streak. They're one of the best teams in the AFC. They're going to have their defense back intact. Baltimore's going to make it. Cincinnati with a healthy Burrow. That's three. Houston with C.J. Stroud, and I think Jacksonville will have a great shot, better than the Steelers, with Trevor Lawrence, and then Kansas City. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. So there's typically one spot left, just like usual, right? One spot left, and that'll be Tua and the Dolphins still talented. Is Aaron Rodgers coming back? What about your Cleve Brownies? And what about the Jim Harbaugh, Justin Herbert Chargers? They're going to be good. I'm going to make a wild, out-of-the-box prediction and say the Steelers are going to finish 9-8 and eight and either get in or out on the last week of the season. I know I'm going out on a limb there, city limits, but I think that's what's going to happen. That's what's happened the last couple of years. Yes, that's why I was being sarcastic. No limb to be had. And then they're going to get blown out of a playoff game if they get in or not get to one at all. You like that? I do. Can we get to text in the city? What time are we done? Uh, a couple minutes. Two minutes? Yep. What didn't you tell me before this? I did. When? You must not have heard me. No. Oh, I like that a lot. It's the segment, the show-ending segment known as text in the city. You write in your hot takes. City limits and I judge them on a scale of 1 to 10 like we're Olympics. Gymnastic judges. No questions. Attach your name. Please read them. Newton Aspinwall. Given that both Wait a second. Newt? Yeah. I love that name. Go ahead. Given that both the Steelers and Pens are mirrored in mediocrity, it's time for a Pittsburgh mic drop. Move on from both Tomlin and Sullivan. Mic drops very creative writing. I give him a 9 because it it feels like it's getting about that time. Penguins are where they were when Sully got here. Malaise has set in. Some stars underperforming. Depression everywhere with the Penguins. He's the guy that jump-started that all those years ago. He's the guy that seems to be exacerbating it right now. It's the closest it's ever been. And I love that word. Garrett and Sarver. Hot take. The Pirates will win more games than the L.A. Dodgers in 2024. He's out of his mind. I'll give him a five. Put it right in I the I like middle. the guts. I'll give him a six. Fan weather. Fan weather. Hold on. Brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers. A new Silverado 1500 trucks. I have 57 today. I don't think I owe you anything else, That's do it. I, City Limits? Let's do two more texts. Two more. The Steelers in the 70s. This is from Wild Bill from Willard Hill <laughs> said that they had a play they used to get a first down. The play was a play action fake handoff to Franco, then dumped the pass over to Franco over the middle. That play worked all year, 90% of the time. The Steelers need to use that play for, for, for Najee Harris. I think it's a great play. The <laughs> play action throw to the running back. I'm going to give that man an 8.5 because he really spelled it out over the middle. Yeah, I think that's a great play. You they should ha- add that. You hate questions. This is the most wildest question I've ever seen. It's kind of a statement from Brian in Brookline. You're yeah. in an arena with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, 3 brown bears, 15 wolves, 1 hunting rifle, 7 buffalo, 10,000 rats, 5 gorillas, and 4 lions. Pick 2 to defend you while others attack you. Goal is to survive an hour. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I think Stephen A. Smith was asked this and answered it on his show and went viral on social media. Well, the gun, for sure. Right. And then uh, just read the animals again, not how many. The bears, wolves, rats, gorillas, and lions. Bears, wolves. Now, the wolves are going down. The bears are probably going down. 
I feel like the rats can get some work done. <laughs> 10,000 rats They have a lot of rats. Yeah, they have leverage, and they're going to be nipping at everybody's heels, and if they're hungry and if they're rabid, I'll take the gun and the rats. I'll take the gun and the rats, too. What a lethal combination. Thank you, City Limits. You did a wonderful job today, Thank and I'll you, see Joe. you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Pitt basketball dropped from 47 to 56 in the net rankings after its loss to Wake Forest. Back on Saturday at home, the Peterson Event Center at 530 against Virginia Tech. You can hear it right here on the fan beginning at 5 and on your free Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.